On this episode of Star Wars Time Show, the Dude Bros will be talking legit Baby Yoda collectibles. We'll also be diving into the Rise of Kylo Ren comic, and guess what? They know the names of the Knights of Ren. They're going to riff on a secret Dr. Aphra project, which may be making its way to Disney+. And of course, they'll be doing the Resistance recap with some eggs, the Mando moment with some eggs, and they're going to lay down their expectations, their wants... They're hopefully not going to happen moments for the rise of Skywalker. That's right, people. The week is here. And then finally, they'll close, of course, with the top five Instagram Star Wars fan artist features of the week. Cue the music. Okay, here we go! Hey now everyone, welcome back to a brand new episode of the Star Wars Time Show Holiday Special, The Rise of Skywalker Edition. That's right, this may be our last show for a week or two. You just don't know. You just don't know. But of course, we got plenty of stuff to talk about. You heard the dude, right? We're dudes too, we're bros. So the dude bros are going to talk about all things Star Wars that you need to know. Leading in to the debut of The Rise of Skywalker. And yes, Greg Bird, I know you're watching it or you've already <laughs> seen it because you live in the land down under and you guys fucking cheat. But whatever. It's okay. Just don't spoil it for us, please. Even though we've already done it for ourselves, we don't want to do it again. We're trying to quash those memories, you know? Real, real repressive shit. Oh, yeah. Before we go watch The Rise of Skywalker. So anyways, before we get there, we are going to do kind of our little hype off for it but we'll save that for the end before we get there we, we got some little news stories to riff on including legit baby yoda collectibles nick and i have been bitching about this or at least me because you know nick he doesn't he doesn't give a shit about the collectible stuff he's smart he's not stupid it's too but anyways man it's a it's a it's a dangerous hobby it's a dangerous hobby to get into but some of these collectibles for baby yoda they may push me over the edge. At least one or two. At least one or two. Well, they better because he pushed me over the edge and I spent more than I intended to because he's like, oh, I thought those looked cool. I was like, well, if Nick thinks they're cool, then I got to get them even though I didn't want to get them, but then I got them anyways. So you see how I work. I mean, the peer pressure is strong. It, it, is, it works well on me. Oh, yeah. Really well, especially with collectibles. Uh, so anyways, you know, Nick, we've been talking about uh, up until really last week when we dropped this post – all you could get was some bullshit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they had that nice plush that, that came in for 25 bucks. That was cool. But that was it. That was it. It was either, you know, it was like the, the decals you you buy at a surf shop. It was just crap, coffee mugs, whatever, thimbles, shot glasses, toilet paper. <laughs> it was just a bunch of tchotchke shit. Well, finally, Hasbro's like, you know what? Maybe we should get on this this hype wagon, the baby Yoda train. And take advantage and try to collect some pre-order dollars in time for the holidays. So, we got previews in the form of glamour shots of a, a litany of new collectibles all focused on Baby Yoda, buddy. So, first up, we have a new plush. And this plush is going to come with his little, with that bone soup bowl yep, and one of these broth. little froggy ones. And I think he also will talk. Yeah, it's got a little button. So, like, if you ever played with, like... 
not quite tickle me Elmo level, but you know, if you push a button in them, then they say something and stuff like that. So you'll be able to hear the little baby sounds that baby Yoda makes if you give him a squeeze. And then, yeah, he comes with the frog, his favorite meal, and then his little bowl of soup. I mean, this is very cute. I mean, and like you said, a lot of the stuff that we had before outside of the plush was was kind of janky but now hasbro putting it out especially on the black series line you know you're getting like legit quality goods here right so speaking of i I don't even know if this is black series but this is coming from hasbro and it's going to be a six and a half inch tall version of baby yoda or what are they calling it the kid child yeah yeah yeah, go fuck your go fuck yourself and the child shit it's just it's not gonna stick my friends until you give us a name he is baby yoda or yoda baby yeah uh so we're getting this this six and a half inch tall version i don't know what scale that would be it's definitely not going to be true one-to-one but hey it's still plastic and it's baby yoda so i got that one in the cart for sure nice uh, here's the one that I think most people, at least those that may listen to us from the Instagram crowd, and that is the true Black Series version of the child, a.k.a. Baby Yoda, a.k.a. Yoda Baby, a.k.a. Cuteness Overload. And this is a six-inch scale guy, so he's probably about, I don't know, inch and a half tall maybe. He's got seven points of articulation, and he's coming with the bone broth bolt, a shift knob, nice touch, yep. and a desert toad. Yes, yeah, seven points of articulation. This is going to be fun. I mean, we're used to seeing guys that we that we you know share often on the Instagram feed, like everything Kylo, Sir Dork, Work More or Less, uh, you know, one six shooter, all these fantastic photographers giving us like, you know, some action oriented shots, some really cool shots. Now with baby Yoda in black series, full figure, we we're going to have to bring out the cuteness from these guys. Like everything Kylo can't blow up baby Yoda. Like you can't, oh, just... I bet he can, I bet he can and make it look cool. He could, but can't, I mean, we, we might be able to see some shots, but like, you can't just throw baby Yoda in the middle of a fucking war zone. I don't know, man. Do it. How's- Do it. You know, Sir Dirk, he'll strap like a fucking can of butane to his ass <laughs> and have him rocketing across something or shooting flames out of his hands. He could. That was, that was something, too. I mean, Sir like- Dork would be a perfect one to recreate the end shot or kind of an end moment of uh, what episode six there where, yeah. you know, baby Yoda's reaching you know, out spoilers spoilers mando spoilers <laughs> i mean honestly if we got to give you spoilers for the mandalorian you're a loser yeah catch up. watch it every friday or wednesday this week but anyways when you know he's he's fucking with zero and he's holding up his hand like eh, i'm gonna do something and then of course mando blows his brains out and i just love when baby yoda looks at his hand like did i did i just do yeah, that i know shit? he's like he's coming to like he, he's maturing so fast like now he knows that he can do stuff with his hands like yeah he was trying but it it wasn't working for him but luckily his his big buddy came and helped him out so yeah that's definitely a a sir dork type of shot anytime you need explosives around little children (laughs) jared middleton's your guy uh up next and these are the ones that i was going to kind of pass on because they're little little cutesy little cutesy little artsy fartsy and they're calling these uh, what, they, what the hell they call them? The, the, uh, the ba- Mandalorian baby bounties. Yes. yes. And, and they're little two packs, and you know each two pack comes with two different pose versions of the child. 
And uh, I don't know, man. You I, the one where he is eating the desert toad and reaching out. That one's nice. Yeah. The other two, because you got one where he's holding the shifter knob, and then you got one where he's kind of looking like a typical baby sitting down. I don't really like that one. Um, one with his soup bowl and one where he's wrapped up. I'm not a huge fan of that one either. But that one where he's got the frog and the one where he's like reaching out with the force, maybe not with the force, is cute. So, you know, I'm not a huge collector. I'm definitely not going to get the Black Series or the, you know, the 1-6 scale for for the Baby Yoda because I'm not going to take cool pictures of it. These little ones kind of reached out to me through the force because they're cute and they're shit that I can put on my desk at work. So, like, there you, go. you know, I could put these Nick's always trying there. to pick up chicks at his desk. There we go. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. These are conversation starters. Yeah, it's like, look at this. Everybody knows Baby <laughs> Yoda, right? I actually, Nick, at this point in time, I, in my possession, I now have four custom Baby Yoda figures in the 112 scale from, I believe it's John Walker Customs on IG. These things are fantastic. I just need to fucking shoot them. Wow. I'm in one of these funks that it happens sometimes to me where, you know, my excuse is living in the north, the, the weather's changed, it's almost impossible to get outside now because I'm a pussy. And it's too cold, and I don't want my nipples to get hard. <laughs> and I really don't like when my penis shrivels up. So I tend to stay indoors when it gets cold. But I'm not a huge fan of shooting indoors. So I'm kind of in this, this cluster fuck conundrum of uh, a lot of new figures are starting to pile up, but I'm not executing any shots. And here, my friends, this is how I ruin two hobbies at once. I've now ruined collecting figures for myself <laughs> and the art of taking pictures of them. You gotta, you so. gotta build yourself like a, like a screened-in porch outside to shield yourself from the weather. But you're still <laughs> not in the house. You're outside. I, I don't know what it is. Inside. It's like you could, you really have a lot more control indoors too, because you, you essentially are God in terms of how you light stuff. It's just, I don't know. I'm a lazy man when it comes to getting shit set up. It's almost too much for me to be like, yeah, I know once I get it set up and I start shooting, I'm going to love it. And I'll go three or four hours and be like, holy fuck, where'd the day go? But it's the idea of, oh, man, I got to actually set this shit up and get the figures and get them standing. It's like, fuck. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, we got all these little baby Yodas out there. We got them on the site. You can pre-order through uh, us. I think Entertainment, Entertainment Earth, Earth has... Yep. Yeah, links out there for most of these. So check it out. Still not shipping until May, unfortunately. But that was so Papa Favreau could keep little baby safe and secret from the world, which I think was probably the right decision considering how amazing his reveal was and really how he's just kind of taken the internet and the Star Wars fandom by storm. Yeah. All right, man, so moving on, uh, this guy Kylo Ren, right? I mean, we're about to see his his last film. Could be his last film of all time. You don't know. Maybe he gets whacked. Who knows? You just don't know. But we do know that coming out, well, starting today, if you're listening live or fresh when this episode just dropped, the first, ep- uh, the first issue of the Rise of Kylo Ren comic book will be out. And we got a little bit of a preview of that, and it showed immediately what happened <laughs> Matt's Excuse over me. here dying, but he's trying to tell us that we're, we we get you. to see exactly what happens uh, the moment after the the Jedi Temple that at, you know is present at Luke Skywalker's Academy has fallen. So we have a few of these little panels up here. We can see um, 
kind of Kylo, Kylo standing there with his blue lightsaber, just flames surrounding him. And then the next couple of shots we see are like, yeah, the, I mean, uh, dude, kids come outside of the fact that this this shows that, yes, yeah, some of the Jedi survived and we're probably going to get to see Ben wax him. But is this not implying that Ben Solo single handedly took out the fucking Academy? It kind of does. I mean, I don't know if he, you know, hit some sort of power generator that just caused a massive ass explosion or or how this happened but this is like this is like jedi temple on coruscant level of 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 destruction yeah without the 501 i mean he just 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 fucking did it himself i mean it's it's pretty fucking crazy um and it's really awesome because i mean you get to see some of these surviving jedi coming in questioning ben like what the hell happened here and then eventually you know, two of the Jedi draw down on him, and you can kind of guess what happens there. His final line of this uh, of this panel that we have is, "None of you are Jedi," and I assume, as Matt said, that's right before he kind of strikes these these people down. So yeah, this preview looks like it's probably a, a flashback. I'm assuming they're going to be telling this comic book in a flashback sense, where you probably start with some present tense panels of Kylo. Or somebody maybe talking to him, and then he, he thinks back to because the first one just starts with now. now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean it, it's it's to me it's vintage beginnings of Kylo. I mean he's still Ben, but you could see the little whiny shit in there. The no one respects me. Got to I'll show you. Oh, you don't think I can take out Luke's temple by myself? I'm gonna show you. I'm a tough guy. Um, so you know it's definitely. You can see where the character of Kylo Ren came from, and that, that's why I think this comic's going to be so eye-opening, hopefully, and, and, and fantastic, more than likely. And I need to get it tomorrow, because I was just bitching to Nick. I'm like, hey, man, I'm off for four weeks now, because I'm awesome, right? Everyone would love to get four weeks off around the holidays. I do, and I'm not even homeless. That's the best part. I actually get paid to have a job where I get four weeks off around the holidays. Very awesome. But there's a problem with that. When you're a big-time Star Wars fan and there's a new Skywalker Saga movie coming out and you can't see it until 9.45 at night because you're a nice guy and you're waiting for your friend to drive over from Hillbilly Land in West Virginia after his job so you can see it with them <laughs> in turn. See? So I'm just like, what the fuck am I going to do all day? That's the, that's the best thing about going to see this movie by myself. I get the first showing on Thursday, and then I just I, on Friday I'm just gonna go again. I'm just gonna go again by myself, and then when I get home to Louisiana, I'll probably go see it a couple more times with some people over there. So um, lucky dog. So yeah, I'm just sitting here going, what the fuck am I gonna do all day Saturday? Am I just gonna maybe you know drink some chloroform and just pass out for a good part of the day? <laughs> I don't know, but we move on. We'll learn hopefully more about Kylo, and maybe he'll even become Ben again. You just don't know. More on that in our Rise of Skywalker preview. So uh, don't forget about this comic, though. Issue 1 dropping, as I said, depending on when you're listening, it should be out. It should be out digitally and in physical format. I'm sure there's uh, alternate covers for those of you that still like to go to your comic shops on Wednesdays and touch it and feel it and smell it and lick it. And bag it and Uh, board it. But yeah, there you I go. Mean, <laughs> there you go. See, Nick knows Nick knows his uh, comic book collecting and storing practices. All right, so uh, you know we're talking about Kylo, and we know he is the leader of the Knights of Ren. 
we've been talking about the Knights of Ren. You know, they, they showed up in TFA in a flashback, and we were like, yeah. And then Ryan's like, fuck no. And then JJ's like, I'm back, and so are the Knights of Ren. But all we've known them as, Nick, are the Knights of Ren. The only one's name we've known is Kylo. Yeah. Right? We know them well, as guy with the gun on his arm, guy with the right. staff, guy with the big and I know one sword. was called Trixie. That is like his uh, production name. And I actually think that is the one that, that got named here. Yeah. So <clears throat> I think thanks to Tops, the trading card people, they kind of outed some of the names. There's all sorts of shit floating around now, my friends. So that, that's one of the other reasons I'm sitting here bitching about having a day off on Thursday because the internet's not even safe anymore. No. No. It's not. I mean, I, I go to Star Wars leaks a lot to just, you know, hunt for content and because I'm nuts. And today, as soon as I refresh, I was like, nah, dude, you don't, you do not want to go down this fucking rabbit hole. Now that the premiere you already is blew out it there, with the leaks. Yeah. You gotta wait. It, it just it's over. People have seen the movie. Shit's starting to get out there. That's why Thursday is, is looking very imposing to me. But I'll figure it out. There's there's always there's always a way to take myself out of commission for multiple hours at a time. But anyways, we now know the names of the Knights of Ren. I mean, we know one for sure what he looks like. The other ones, we just have their names. We haven't figured that stuff out yet. Uh, but the first guy we got, Nick, this is a guy. Uh, it almost looks like he has a repurposed first order stormtrooper helmet yeah, i was gonna say that exactly as the top and then you got like a a paintball mask as the bottom and he's got the big ass machete yeah like the really blunt looking machete <laughs> yeah 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 i mean you could it, it's almost like a fucking cricket paddle that you could cut people's heads off with yeah yeah something like that and so so his name nick is that's superman by the way it is trudgeon Trud Jin. Trud Jin. I could see that because with a big ass blade like that and some of the armor that this dude's got on, it seems like he'd be a slow moving motherfucker. He'd be trudging yeah, like along. He, he'd be trudging motherfuckers' heads off. Yeah. Is how we say that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a pretty cool, pretty cool name. I don't know if it actually means anything. I don't know. We still don't know if the Knights of Ren are like, you know, these are their given names. This isn't their, you know, what. This isn't Ben Skywalker or Ben Solo or anything like that. This is the yeah, name. Yeah, like they're, they this given. is their pretend names. Yeah. It's like their little club. I mean, for those of you in the 501st, I'm sure you give your your character a name. I don't know. Maybe you do, maybe you don't, but it's very similar to what these guys are doing. Yeah. So, and we also got the rest of them. Um, and like Matt said, we already know Kylo. So we'll just kind of run down the list here and. Uh, and fill you in on all of these things. So spoiler alert, I don't even know if this is a spoiler because I don't know if these names will be said in the movie. But if you don't, I highly doubt yeah, it. Yeah, if you I don't want to know it. these people's names for some reason, then you can skip ahead 15 seconds. Um, so we have Aplek, Cardo, Ushar, Kurok, Trudgeon, Vikrul, and Kylo. Obviously, everybody knows Kylo. So those are all of the Knights of Ren. Um but one thing that we do know that we'll be learning from the rise of Kylo Ren is that there was one other Knight of Ren, the leader of the Knights of Ren, that Kylo is probably going to kill. Um, Which you will probably find out in that comic book we were just talking exactly. about. So, so another reason to pick that one up. Um, I mean, really cool stuff here. I'm glad that the Knights of Ren are being reinserted back into this trilogy because I thought that was a cool concept. It was something that made Kylo different than his predecessor, different than any other, you know, leader of a crazed faction of people like he has an actual like suicide squad basically 
Um, yeah, like we were talking last week in the episode that they're kind of written. No, not yeah. We were talking about last week, but it, it was again it was from Charles Soule, the guy writing the comic book. Uh, described the Knights of Ren as a motorcycle gang with light force powers and the creed of bounty hunters. Yeah. So essentially, or a merc. Yeah, you know, mercenaries. They'll go whatever's going to benefit them the most. It doesn't matter. They're factionless for the most part. But they do have their own little code in the form of what a motorcycle gang would have. Yeah, so it's going to be really cool to see how these guys are used in Tross. Uh, I hope they get some screen time. I hope they get some fight time because with weapons like... Well, it's like created, last week, and uh, it'll probably come up in our Tross thing, but we were talking, we want to see these guys have some earned deaths, meaning they get waxed by some of the bigs. Yeah, exactly. So um, good to know their names before they get their heads cut off or whatever limbs fall off of them as they fight along. But um, yeah. It's like I, I still want kylo as in the new ben to just do a vader no rot style but instead of the medical equipment it's the knights of ren yeah he just crushes them all like not even a fight squishes them yeah not even a fight just just crushes them with the force throws them off of a you know a a star destroyer opening hangar bay i mean almost the dr manhattan level jib fest like just yeah just not even like no effort required it <laughs> just completely or or, or, you get, or they just like break down and like a rubik's cube style then you hear their bones breaking <laughs> listen to us. i don't know if am we're I gonna get that up? i am fucked up this is still like, pg-13 star wars here sir <laughs> this is a kids kids series and i'm sitting here like wanting it to go <laughs> Like it's a fucking rated NC-17 He's like, I want blood to film. squirt out of their eyes. and fucking Right, yeah, <laughs> their eyes pop out, and Kylo starts chewing on them. Yeah. Like, ah! I don't know. Okay, back to reality, my friend. <laughs> All right, dude, so uh, a little rumor rumor action last week. Uh, I just got one line on. I was like, you know what? I don't have much to do today. I'm going to do a little rumor video. So I, I ran with it. It's been out there on YouTube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. But the rumor is one that uh, I hope becomes a reality, and it does stem from MSW, so there's probably a little bit of validity to it. And the rumor is we may be getting a Disney Plus series that hasn't even been announced yet, and it could possibly feature a fairly popular and prominent character from the comic book reboots uh, from Marvel, Nick, and that is one Dr. Afra. Yeah, Doctor Afra is a very interesting character. That are you are you familiar with her at all? I don't. I, mean, I don't know if you've read any of the comics or. I know her just because I've read through Wikipedia and stuff like that. But she's like basically Wookie. a cross between like Indiana Jones and Han Solo. Like she's an archaeologist. She is also isn't she like a droid mechanic as well? Like oh yeah, she's she's the one that brought us BT one and triple zero, the fucking yes. murder bot psychos. Yeah. So yeah, I mean I, I'll give you Indy and Han, except she she's a bad is okay girl. with killing and murder and all that. Yeah, 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 she's a bad girl. Like no no McClunkies with Doctor Aff. No, she sends her murder bots out to do her bidding. But yeah. um, I mean the way that she's described, and you know obviously I haven't read any of the comments, but I think that this could be a really interesting you know, venture for Lucasfilm to go on with a Disney plus series, because so far uh, the Mandalorian is a giant hit and kind of continuing on in that way, like focusing on these 
I don't want to call them neutral, but like these lawless type of characters. And it seems like Dr. Afra kind of falls within that region, except maybe a little oh, yeah. bit more towards the, the, the evil lawless side. She is. I mean, dude, cause a lot of, I think even when she got her own single or solo run, she weaves in and out of the empire and the rebellion. I mean, she, she actually has stories with Luke. I mean, Luke, comes to uh befriend her almost yeah so like a character like this would be super interesting to follow especially if she does have a penchant for archaeology because that means we would be traveling a lot in this series you wouldn't be stuck in one location great concept for a show i mean that'd be awesome yeah I mean, you never know these days i'm sure you're seeing it now with the mandalorian i mean there's already people bitching about like oh when will it just start doing something that's filler? It's this, it's psych. It's like, hey, guys, do you want this show to end in a fucking season? I mean, dude, like, like what other long-form TV series have you been bitching that you haven't got the big reveal in the first fucking season? I mean, think back to Lost. It'd be like people like, Where's, what's the fucking island? Come on, what is it? Just show me what the goddamn smoke monster is. What the fuck? They're doing all these side stories with hatches and shit. Fuck. I mean... It, it would be, yeah, like that. It would be akin to fucking Game of Thrones ending in season two and Danny's already on Westeros. Like, you can't let the series breathe, my friends. Yeah. It's okay having episodes like four, five, and six where you don't really, they're not building upon the Mando running with the baby. Who cares? We're, we're learning more about them through these different types of stories. Yeah, it's character building. Like, there, you can't just. I know that a lot of people now don't really care about characters. They don't care about personal characters. They don't care about personality traits, anything like that. They just want to see a story played out as quickly as possible. I I mean, I saw a tweet from someone today who's obviously already seen Chapter 7. They're like, oh, my God. Chapter 7 was just – I've been really needing something like that, The Mandalorian. It just hasn't been working for me. It's like, what the fuck, people? You're six episodes in in, into a (laughs) – I don't know. How can you – I mean – what is there to truly bitch about in terms of the Mandalorian so far? I mean, honestly, I, I don't get it. Like, in fact, like where, where are we at in, in life? My friend, we're going like, to get what? to our Mando moment, our Mando breakdown. I know. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, yeah. doc. I'm not, I don't want to steal from you, but kind of bringing it all back around. I mean, obviously <clears throat> time frame's great. She's in the age of rebellion, but could extend beyond that. Yeah. Uh, but there's been rumors now, Nick, that <clears throat> this could actually be, an animated project for Disney plus. I think I was going to ask, I was like, okay, are we doing animated? We're we doing live action. I think an animated Disney plus star Wars series is a perfect thing to do, especially considering with the end of star Wars resistance, you're not going to have any new star Wars content coming out. And I, I, I know that we're getting clone wars revival, but to our knowledge, that's one season. Like it's essentially. Right. I think it's just a. It's kind of like a mea culpa for sorry for doing that to you people, but here's the true yeah. end. Yeah. It's Filoni writing what was wronged at the end of Clone Wars, and then after All right, that, so, you don't since have you're it. taking it that way, dude, do you want this to be the tone of the Mandalorian or or the Cassian or the Kenobi or more like a Resistance? I want it to be more like a like a season. Three, four rebels. Yeah, season three, season four rebels, where where it's kind of yeah, the stakes are pretty legit, but it's still a little cartoony. Yeah, like it's not. I don't think it's a bad thing to have some humor injected, some you know, make it more friendly to you know young teens 
older, you know, older teen stuff like that. Cause I think that star Wars rebels and the later series or the later seasons of star Wars, the clone wars were, were perfect animated star Wars. Like they appeal to star Wars fans of all ages, whereas resistance definitely skews young. Um, and it, and it's, it's very easily digestible content. Um, you know, would I be angry if they went with a, you know, a more serious tonal approach to an animated Star Wars series? No, absolutely not. I just think it would be a little weird to juxtapose the animation with the tone of it. But I could be wrong. I could that could work out completely. Yeah, it's it's an interesting conundrum because to me, Affer is more of a PG thirteen type of character. Yeah, you know, what I, I mean? think that I mean. We definitely, I mean, especially when you get into the, the Darth Maul, you know, the Savage Opress era of Clone Wars, you were bordering on PG-13. Like, people were getting oh, their yeah, fucking no, heads chopped you off. You had to be PG-13. Yeah. yeah, so if you if you can if you can ride that line where you have right. those, like, visceral moments or those, like, more, um, you know, tonally dark moments within the show, but then you also can have moments of levity and, 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 you know, kind of bring the series back around to not be super trudging. Um, I think it would be really good. And like I was saying, I think her character is set up to be something super special. You mentioned her, her kill bots. Um, those would be excellent animated series companions. I mean, those two would be hilarious. Th- those be two around. fuckers, they are rated R. I mean, that, that's, <laughs> they, they live in rated R land. So, I mean, if this is true, and, I mean, we know Jason Ward, he's, like, he's got some good sources, but he's also, you know, missed on a few things. So, um, I would say that if if he's getting some hints that it could be Dr. Aphra, then, then there's definitely some legitimacy to it. At the very least, we know that there's some sort of secret show that's being worked on that we don't know about. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean... Ward may not hit, he's not batting a thousand, but typically when he's throwing up smoke, there's going to be some sort of fire around there that's worth looking into. Exactly. So that's that's why I ran on it. I mean, people have asked me, yeah, why don't you always do this leak or that? I was like, I, you know, I, there's certain people I trust, there's certain people I don't. And honestly, after what I did with Tross, if I ever fucking look at leaks like that again, I'll stab out my eyes. Yeah. I mean, I've already committed to that. I mean, Matt and I will probably look, I mean, who knows what's going to happen with the Cassian series and if there's going to be leaks like that or with the upcoming Star Wars movies in 2022. Like, we're definitely going to skew away from super yeah, I'm done. I'm done with that. It was, a, it was a, an exercise we did for the fans, and I hated it, and now I hate the fans. <laughs> All of you guys. Right. Um, so but yeah, don't, I mean, don't I fuck with is... me and leaks anymore, you motherfuckers. <laughs> I think this is a fun concept, though, and I hope it does come true because more. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be all for it, all for it, all for Afra. Like I said, I mean, she's she's got plenty of narrative potential for a a prime and juicy era of Star Wars time. So Absolutely. we'll see. You know, if anything does happen with it, you can get it from your boys at StarWarsTime.net. 100%. All right, moving on. We're getting into the fun stuff here, but this is where we get to kind of talk and dissect Star Wars everything in terms of content that's out now, stories we can consume, and that in the form of Resistance, Mando, and Tross. But we're going to start with our friends from the Colossus, Star Wars Resistance. So we, we got a uh, 
what I'd like to call the best episode of season two this week, and it's essentially the exact formula I've been looking for since season two debuted a few months back, and the episode was S2E11 titled Station to Station. Yes, this was a really Uh, solid go at it. Did you get to check it out at all? I don't, I mean, with your situation anymore, I'm not (laughs) sure if uh, the homeless people fed you your feed or not. I got it. Yeah. I got my, my dose of, of resistance this weekend. I do. I agree. This was a very solid episode and it sets up a really good episode 12, 12, 13, you know, potentially. Hey, you never know with these guys next week. We could, we could be back to where they need fucking toilet paper and they fly to a planet and and solve like a problem for the locals and get more TP. Yeah. Very true. That's 100% uh, true. But as we do, we'll kind of start with the eggs and there's a few. I mean, one I think was a rehash or is four in total. The first one I I loved. I mean, I, I, for some reason, for somebody that dislikes the prequels, I sometimes get the most excited with prequel references or eggs, and we got one from Tam when she brought up Jawa juice. A- AOTC right? reference. Like, you don't yep. see... Yep, Attack of the Clones, yeah. Dex's Diner. I'll never forget it. I mean, ah, get a cup of Jawa you juice. You want a cup of Jawa juice? Is, the little yeah, exactly. droid. I think it's real names called RDs or something like that, and that's kind of the slang, but it, it was fun to hear that. It's just I, that's why I like this show. Obviously, why I love Mandalorian. I mean, I, I like it more than just the eggs, but I love these little callbacks and kind of tongue-in-cheek deals thrown back to the live actions, which birthed all of these new shows. Yeah. Um, number two, this one's pretty obvious. We met the Titan, which is the exact same style of refueling station as the Colossus. So, kind of a cheap egg self-reference, but one nonetheless. Yeah. Good stuff there. And then here's the one where I know this is a rehash because we saw him at the end of season one on a hollow feed. But I guess now he was in the flesh. So that's why I was allowed to put on this list. But we got an appearance from our buddy General Hux. Yeah. And, you know, in this episode, General Hux still seems like the menacing General Hux that we that we met in TFA. He hasn't. He command. Hey, Snoke and Kylo don't respect him, but the underlings do like the, the, the true first order machine. I mean, Pyre is like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, Hux definitely commands respect, uh, regardless of how Ryan portrayed him with his bosses in TLJ. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that and was then a And really finally, and this one was, I love this. I mean, this one took me like two times seeing this room to really put it together. But the meeting room Hux ends up at is the same style in terms of how it's built. The table, chairs yeah, might have yeah. been slightly off. As the conference room from the first Death Star when, you know, Vader's sitting there questioning people's faith. That was a that's actually a really good catch. I didn't notice that, but I, I remember the scene now that, that we're talking about it. And you're right, I mean it's walls one, are the same, lighting the same table and the little ball. That's what yeah. did it for me. It's it's one thing that, that you always call out too, like one of the reasons that you're so into the style of the, you know, the Imperial or the First Order War Machine is they're very their purpose-built design and like they will use the same designs for multiple different types of ships so like a refueling station will have the same meeting room style design than the fucking death star does or something like that so it just goes to show you that like war machines for the first order and the imperials 
are always based off of similar concepts for designs for everything. So it was, it was a really uh, cool. First catch. order, I mean, they, they just straight stole everything. They're, they're the most unoriginal motherfuckers in the galaxy. Yeah, yeah. They they basically just said the Empire did a pretty good job, aside from that whole issue with the with the Ewoks on Endor. So let's let's copy most of their shit. Like yeah. we'll even copy, you know, the style of the ships. They'll they'll still look like Star Destroyers. And we'll take the armor for the most part and just change the way the helmet looks a little bit. But I like I like what they did. So, Me too. I love it. I, I still wish I had a Star Destroyer parked out in front of my house right now. 100%. All right, dude. So it, like we kind of opened the discussion here on Station to Station, it, th- this episode was fantastic. I mean, it, it started, it, it was almost from Tam's perspective, which was a whole new way of doing an episode because we usually are led throughout the main plot of the episode through Kaz or, or one of the good guys. But this one was kind of through Tam. Yeah. I mean, she's the one that led us eventually to the fact that Kaz and Niku were on the on this uh, station trying to steal this deflector thing. So all the people on the Colossus didn't melt like they're in a microwave. Uh, <clears throat> so I really appreciated how they kind of laid the story out. But in terms of, of top moments, I think my, my first one, this is just Kaz being Kaz as usual, but when he meets Hux. Oh, yeah. He's, just, he's acting like such a dope. But then you could see when Hux is talking shit about taking out other refueling stations that don't come in line. You could see Kaz getting pissed, and he turns around like he's going to do something. Yeah, It's like, what are you doing? He loses himself. What are you, you going to do there, Kazuda? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, that was a really fun moment. One of my tops is towards the end um, with the the escape from the, the station. So they're like running along there to trying to hide on these cranes in there. And then um, CB-23 gets interrupted by two other ball droids. So that whole sequence um, oh, yeah. that flashes yeah, yeah. back and forth between uh, Kaz and Niku trying to escape CB-23, and then the two other droids that he's fighting. Um, I thought that that was a really fun back and forth. And, and let's see. I'm trying to figure out some of my other favorite I, I mean, I'll go in here. I, I obviously loved all the Tam stuff, yeah. especially her save, where, you know, she she puts two and two together eventually after hearing those troopers like, hey, yeah, they got this Nikto tech and this other doofus. And, and she's immediately like, okay, yeah, my hunch was right. Kaz is here. Yeah. She's running around. The lockdown happens because Ruckland's a prick. And, she, you know, she throws on that video feed and sees her former friends locked in. And as they're sitting there like, oh, no, if we don't get out of here, everyone in the class is going to die because we need this part because they're going to die. You, you mm-hmm. can see it in Tam's head. She's like, oh, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm still not ready to admit that I'm a fuck up, but I got to let these guys go because I can't just sit here and willingly know that if they don't get out with this part – Everyone, my extended family, will perish on the Colossus. Exactly. So yeah. we've seen people chipping away, and even things that the First Order has done, chip away at Tam's hard exterior that she built up at the end of Season 1 because she felt wronged by Kaz and the crew because they lied to her or whatever. And, you know, Tyranny worked her over and kind of conditioned her on the Colossus that, hey, they're not your friends, they're lying to you, we'll give you everything you want if you come to the First Order, right? And now... This episode, more than any of the season, is finally showcasing, you know what, Tam isn't a complete idiot. She knows what's right. She knows what's wrong. And I think deep down, this episode, at least to me, has showcased it. 
she knows ultimately she's going to have to flop back over and who knows, is it going to cost her her life, a friend's life? But you can tell after that. <laughs> go, Nick, go. Yeah, after, after she freed <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's like them. herpes in my throat. Yeah, after she freed them or, you know, made the decision to, to let them escape and keep Rucklin from getting his commander title, as he said, towards the end, which was another little scene that I enjoyed. You know, him kind of boasting himself to to Tam, saying, like, I was the one who Mr. told Cocky. him about the, the resistance spies. This is going to give me a – I'm going to be a commander soon. You'll be answering to me. And then she looks out the window and sees their shuttle kind of shoot off into hyperspace. And she's like, yeah, there goes your commander title right there. So that, that was a good a good moment. But I Yeah, think, it just yeah. – you really felt there was some growth with Tam where she's getting her head out of her ass – slightly so more than it's been and yeah. uh, you know you, you can see it's coming and i i predicted i predicted this back at when it happened i mean tam will will do something and she's already done at least two things i mean she let uh, doza's wife go essentially and now she let these two go but she, she'll do one more thing that's going to be the final straw where she's either going to die which i don't think is going to happen or have to rejoin the good team yeah so i mean i i really love this episode dude i mean it was exactly what we've been bitching about it gave us nothing but first order versus the resistance spy versus spy style friends line for friends friends getting in shitty situations and having to be bailed out so it was yeah it was quality and really my last moment was right before the one you were talking about is when they uh kaz and niku get pulled over and it looks like they're they're actually caught and Kaz's like oh yeah oh yeah, hold on hold on yeah my good. id yeah my id pop 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 and he fucking <laughs> blasts him like a pimp yeah yeah he he realized in that moment he's like there's no talking my way out of this one i gotta shoot my way out so yeah dude he's like oh yeah hold on let me check my id's over here so he's like pop pop i was like damn Kaz can aim he did it he fucking he he in the moment that it counted he made the shot yeah, i mean he was that he needed only <laughs> three feet from his target but hey <laughs> It doesn't matter. His his uh, shots hit his mark. Yeah. So it, good it, episode. It sets up as the Nick, next one as well. Like the end of this one was perfect to set up the next episode. And I hope it. I hope it does kind of continue on with that. I mean, so far this show has very rarely had direct continuation or direct follow up episodes. So probably not going to happen. But this would be a great one for it to happen. You you see Kaz and Niku come back. They're like, holy shit. We were on the station. Tam was there, and we got out. We got this, and someone, I think, helped us. Was it Tam? It probably was Tam. I don't know. Is she good? Is she bad? What should we do? We should save her Miller time. And then you see, yeah, I mean, like, the episode ends with fucking Tam and Rucklin in TIE Fighters on the way to the Colossus, and they're like, take out the station. Hux literally tells them, blow the station up. So, I mean, if they don't, if that's not a clear pick this up from the next episode, then... I don't know, man. Maybe maybe they are going to make a TP run, though, like you said. But overall, I, yeah, I, I really you, did enjoy this episode. Colossus, they need some toilet paper, some Vaseline, other toiletries. <laughs> People's assholes are starting to get raw on the ship. Their vac tubes aren't cleaning things out like they should. So <laughs> got to get that butt lube in there. Exactly. All right, so that kind of wraps the latest episode of Star Wars Resistance, which means we're moving into the latest episode of The Mandalorian, which... It's technically a lie because by the time you're listening to this, episode seven will have aired because it's getting it a special day, Wednesday this week, in honor of the Rise of Skywalker's debut on Friday. So that 
Tross is getting Friday for itself so it can get force focus. So we're going to get a new Mando. It's already out as you're talking. And we'll probably already have videos on YouTube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. So anyways, Nick, getting into the Mandalorian S1E6, a.k.a. The Prisoner. Um, you know, we'll start with the eggs, but just real quick, it was like another brand new type of show episode. Yeah. I mean, we kind of had that in four, five, and six now. Each episode in and of itself has felt like a completely different show, and this one was no different. So, uh, before we get into that stuff, let's just kind of riff on the eggs. There's, there's a good amount of eggs, but a lot of cameos, too. Oh, this yeah. is a... Probably the, the most cameo-heavy episode to date of The Mandalorian. So uh, well, I'll just kind of run through some of these. Some of these are kind of quick. I love that you know Bill Burr and the Mando yeah. had a play on the Stormtrooper aiming reference. That was fun. Uh, you had Bill Burr characters Mayfeld bringing up Canto Bite. Uh, Berg the Devronian. Yes. Right? We, we finally got to see another one of these guys. It's an alien from the uh, Challenge Cantina in New Hope. They look like devils. Yeah, it just basically looks like a demon. <laughs> yeah. uh, played by Clancy Brown, who is, I guess you would say, a Star Wars alum. I mean, he was in the Clone Wars as Savage Opress, and he uh, voiced an actor. Uh, I think his name is like Riyadh Zavadi or something in Rebels. He was the leader of Lothal. Cla- so Cla- Clancy, Clancy quite the... Quite the Star Wars alum. Yeah, he's a great character actor. He's been in a lot of other stuff too. So really. Oh yeah, I mean, fucking Highlander, Starship Troopers. Yep. Good stuff. Uh, Okay, Uh, Zero, the droid that was part of the Merc group that uh, the Mando joins up with. He was whipping Boba Fett's blaster. I've been waiting to see it. It was finally there, and it happened to belong to Zero. Nice. I'll see how Nick kind of takes this one if we need to argue it, but I, I swear Zero, I mean, I know it wasn't Alan, but yeah. Zero, they made Zero sound just like K2. It was close for sure, and I don't know if that was intentional or if that was just something that was done, you know. That, yeah, that the, the actor was one of the guys from the, the It crowd. Okay. Um, I, so I know it wasn't Tydic, but man, it's like they really went close on to a imperial security droid yeah maybe he had like a protocol tri- chip from one of the the old yeah, imperial who knows like i said it, something like that. it's probably me that's just how i i i sounded or how he sounded to me so he made the motherfucking list <laughs> uh, mayfeld was full of them dude yeah, he gave yeah. us a gungan reference making fun of the mandalorian i mean the mandalorian was getting bullied at one yeah point no in this it, it was funny it's funny to me that they gave these like a lot of references to mayfeld bill burr's character because bill burr doesn't like star wars like famously before you know this episode aired and kind of when the the mandalorian was in production and people found out like it was revealed that bill burr was going to be in an episode he started talking to people, having interviews. And I was like, yeah, I've never really liked Star Wars. It was like, it's space shit. It's weird. It was never really my thing. And so to have him be the one that drops the Canto Bite mention, that drops the Gungan reference, and that, that plays basically the, the, the feature role next to the Mandalorian in this episode was really cool. I thought it was a fun a fun. No, play. I mean, dude, he, Bill Burr played Bill Burr. Yeah. But it was perfect for the character that Mayfeld was. And there, there's no doubt in my mind that, I mean, he, he, that was a great casting. Yeah, yeah. As much as a guy may hate the franchise, I'm sure he's going to like it now because even if his comedy career f- f- flames out, he could be working the Star Wars circuit the rest of his life at this point because I do believe the way, it was, we, the, the, the way this episode ended that those characters could very well be recurring characters just like 
uh, our buddy Gina in the form of Cara Dune. I mean, not as main as her, but there's a good chance Mayfeld and Shean and Berg may may make future appearances in The Mandalorian. Yes, so, yes, uh, good for Bill Burr, that lucky motherfucker. <laughs> Fucking hate him. I, doesn't it, people that hate Star Wars now get to act in it are probably going to be acting it for years now. So Could like, be. you got to be kidding me. Could be. It's a cruel, cruel <laughs> world. Oh, man. Uh, okay, so the prison ship, it's Dish, Com Dish, looked just like the Falcons, and I'm talking about the new Falcon in the Age of uh, Resistance. Resistance trilogy. Uh, the floating droids, I, I had, it was clarified for me now, but the floating security droids, I knew they looked like a droid we've seen before, and that was, uh, I, I was filled in through comments on YouTube. Thank you, everyone. You didn't even call me a fucking loser, dumbass piece of shit. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, but those droids, Nick, they were being um, sold at the Lars Homestead. Okay, yeah, yeah. The big black and yellow one. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, yes, I, was like, yes, I know yes. I've seen this fucking shape before. It's killing me that I can't pin it, but I'm going to throw them in there. If anything, I can get away with the New Republic logo bullshit. And there we go. It was in there. So, yes, those floating droids were seen with the Jawas when they're trying to sell them to... Owen. Uh, we also saw an Ardenian. I thought that was Rio fun. Durant species was locked up on this prison ship. That was kind of cool. I would. I, it would have been great, and I know they couldn't have done it because then too many people would have been like, "Oh, it's Rio." If if he had a line and it was Favreau that said it, but then it, everybody would have been like, "Oh, it's Rio," but now Rio died. Um, yeah, yeah, it wouldn't work timeline wise. Yeah, yeah. But. Uh, it was, it was like, I mean, it's Favreau's show. That's probably why he crammed it in there anyways. He's like, yeah, let's waste some money on a CGI forearm monkey guy just because that's what my character was. Yeah, exactly. So it was perfect. <laughs> uh, we got a, a mouse droid, and this one actually got fucking blown up, which that was, was, which was fantastic. Berg, yeah, Berg knocked him. Yeah, I, I, I know. I've always wondered, like, why isn't someone just, like, stepped on that thing or punted it like a soccer ball or something? And now we got Berg just fucking blew it up. So that was great. <laughs> Uh, when he blows it up, we get some New Republic security droids, and I'm almost positive, I am positive, but their their bodies are modeled after the Imperial security droids, a.k.a. K2. Yep. And if anything else, they had DH-17 blasters, yes. which were the um, blasters that the Rebels used, and apparently the New Republic is using them as well. Yeah, no reason to, to upgrade too much stuff. If you got some leftover war materials, just repurpose them, especially for security. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, Davin, who is the homeboy wearing the Rebellion-era egg helmet in the control room of the prison ship, he was kind of a, a twofold here. You had the helmet, which was the true egg, but the guy playing him was Matt Lanter, who is the voice actor for Anakin Skywalker in the animated Star Wars universe. Yes. Uh, so that was pretty cool. And then, really, this last one was uh, essentially the creatives going, hey, we work on this show. We direct it. We write for it. Our dicks and our titties are huge. We want some cameos. And here we go. So at the end of this episode, we see three T-65 X-Wings show up. So that was great in and of itself. But then it is shown that... They are flown by, literally, directors of The Mandalorian. Yeah. We had Filoni was the first one. Yep. The black guy, that was Rick Famuyiwa. He was the guy that was directing this actual episode. Yep. 
And then you had Deborah Chow, who did episode three and I believe episode seven, which is already out or dropping on Wednesday the 18th. So that was just a fucking I love when when creatives give themselves those type of cameos. Oh, yeah. They just wanted to be in the show. Like, you know, John Favreau has been in Star Wars before. And, you know, he like you said, he may have thrown out Ardini in there just to, to make people remember Rio from Solo. But yeah, I mean, Filoni's like, dude, I want to be in live action Star Wars. Family Yi was like, look, my second episode, time for me to get. Oh, and, and their names were great. I mean, their names were crazy. I, I know, yeah, Trapper Wolf, that was Filoni. <laughs> nice. Uh, Rick was Jib Dodger, <laughs> and Deborah, Deborah was Sash Ketter. Oh my god. <laughs> so Sash Ketter. Trapper Wolf and Jib Dodger, Jib Dodger, New Republic pilots. There we yeah. go. There we go. One of those people might have trained Kaz for all that we know. I mean, Kaz was a New Republic pilot. Yeah, right hey, look at you. Thing. That That's a very valid point. I mean, these would have been the very first pilots in the New Republic Navy, so no doubt about it. Yeah, so, I mean, I thought that all of these were fantastic. And also, just in general, I loved this episode. Like, Rick Famuyi were kicked it out of the, the, the stadium here. Like he, Yeah, man, it was a nice little heist type. Of, like, like I said at the start, I mean, really since episode three, because it really, I mean, let's be honest, one, two, and three was essentially one big it was an arc yeah. episode it was a that was one episode. big episode it, it told the story of here's the mando here's the child here's how they end up on the run together and then from there four was kind of a hey the the this uh, mysterious being shows up in a wild west town and and fights against these marauders that have been harassing him and then the episode after that was he's kind of playing a mentor to an upstart bounty hunter going against an assassin. Now we got he's teaming up with some old fucking shitheads, mercs, and going on a heist mission so he can make some coin. And I think what I loved the, the most was the line at the very end where he turns to Baby Yoda and goes, See? I told you that wouldn't be easy. So that to me is like, I just got all these visions. Like at this point, Mando is, is such a homeboy to baby Yoda that he talks to him now as if baby Yoda is his co-pilot and they're rolling into Rand station. Like Mando's like, Hey man, shit's probably gonna get fucking hairy here. You keep your ass in the fucking closet and try not to come out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like, I know these people. They're shitheads. There's no way that we're not going to get out of this without a fight. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and like, he just, as a fan and someone that, you know, you pay attention to little stuff. I, I love being able to be like, man, I bet because Mando said that, that he was talking to Yoda, going into this. And and that's, Nick, that's why I, I, <clears throat> I, I hate people calling these episodes filler or side quests or this and that. No, this is all character and world building i mean look what this episode taught us it taught us that mando used to work with scumbags and did some really scuzzy stuff himself and now we're seeing how he's growing by being this caretaker of baby yoda uh you get to meet other seedy characters from the star wars universe so i'm not gonna sit here and be like oh these are fillers stupid let's get back to the the baby yoda and the client storyline we got to get right to it and resolve it no i'm loving these completely different methods of storytelling episodes and the fact that they're not really paying direct attention to the the core series plot of what the fuck is this baby all about and who really is this mando what's this foundling shit who saved them yada 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 yeah i mean this was one of my favorite episodes i'm not gonna lie like i love this episode i love the way it was shot i love the way it was executed 
and then, again, it had that alien feel to me, especially with the the way the prison ship looked, yeah. and then when he killed the lights, and he had the strobe, especially when he snuck up on Mayfeld with the strobe, 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 uh-huh. blah! It was perfect. Like, the way that Rick Famuyiwa executed this was, was fantastic, and it, like you said, it, it's character building. If If you want this show to go on for more than one season, if you want this show to be an extended, you know, three, maybe four seasons that we see on Disney+, Plus. You can't just power through every episode hitting main series plot points. And I know that this may sound way different than what we say about Star Wars Resistance, because in Resistance, we're always complaining that we're, we're skirting the, well, the First Order I, I mean, plot that show has, a, 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 it has an expiration yeah, date. Yeah, the shelf life is very limited now. Um, but for this one, like, you have to build these, these character, you know, these character traits and, and, and build the, the rapport between it may sound weird, but like, like you mentioned, like you have to build a rapport between baby Yoda and the Mandalorian. And we got to see that in that interaction that you called out. We now know that these two are no longer just, you know, sitting side by side, not saying anything or, or, you know, the Mando is telling them don't touch stuff. Right, it doesn't feel like Mando is hell-bent on pawning him off or taking him somewhere and getting rid of him. I mean, he's, at this point, committed to, this is my motherfucking wingman. Yeah, and and you wouldn't get that if we were just plowing through story. And look, you still get little beats here and there. I mean, this was the only one that really didn't give a hint or a nod to the primary storyline. At the end of episode four, you have the bounty hunter or whoever it was that was trying to kill baby Yoda at the end of it, that Cara Dune hey, wasted. You got a little bit. Cause Ran even said, he's like, Hey, I heard you're in some shit with the, with the guild and this, that, and the other thing. So they, but it's very light. Yeah. It's sprinkled in. It's to, it's to anchor us back to all that, but it's also allowing us to learn more about the Mando through these other characters. I yeah. mean, we don't necessarily need flashbacks. Yes, we want them. Yes, we want to see who saves them out of the dumpster. But we we are learning about the Mando just through these interactions with other characters that yeah. he's worked with in the past. I mean, Shean, Quinn, all these people gave us insights into who Mando was at one point in time. Plus, it just they've all added to his lore. I mean, they're all like, hey, Rand's like, yeah, we need this guy. He's a fucking pimp, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, he's not a pimp. Uh, uh, uh. And then, you know, he has that. That's one of my top moments. When when he fights all those bots and yeah. they're just sitting there with their thumbs up their asses, it's like, holy shit. I did. Yeah, that was he really is one of my top moments, if not the top. Yeah. I mean, he is. Totally agree. The most badass Star Wars non-Force user character, bar none right now. Yeah, I mean, we've who, never who seen Who is a bigger anybody. badass than than Mando right now? that doesn't use the force i don't know chewbacca's close i mean the the legend of chewbacca was definitely raised in solo and for those people who still are down on solo like if nothing else chewbacca was a bad motherfucker in solo um but yeah i mean you've never seen anybody you know outside of the animated series with some of the clones and and everything like that like you know mando is a bad ass dude takes out four New Republic security droids by himself. I mean, it was just fantastic. And, and not he's always only that, utilizing his full skill set. I mean, the his melee, full arsenal, the yeah. weapon skills, his his accessories. I mean, he's he's always mixing shit up. So uh, I love that. I mean, like we already talked. I I love Mayfeld. I did. I thought I'd hate him because of Bill Burr and just Bill Burr being one of these people. Like I fucking hate Star Wars, but I'll sure as hell act in it when they pay me. It's like fuck you. 
But he was perfect. I mean, being a stand-up comedian was the perfect type of character to play a mercenary leader. Yeah. It was like I loved him. I loved the the way that he portrayed the character, and I also loved that he didn't shy. Like he didn't try to be somebody he wasn't. You mentioned his stand-up comedian background. Like he didn't shy away from that. He didn't try to play some super serious dude that you know. No, and and that's credit to the writers and the director because they they knew what they were working with and they wrote the character perfectly for the actor. I mean, yeah. he he was great at his comedic timing. His line delivery was was perfect because they were mostly zingers, one-liners, and snarky shit. I mean, Mayfeld is a Star Wars comedian, essentially. So, yeah. Uh, I dug him. I, I loved Zero's landing maneuver to get on the prison Oh, my ship. God. Yeah, that was insane. That was <laughs> they were awesome. just, all of them were just flying all over the fucking ship. And yeah, he's like, okay, here we go. Wee! And three yeah, poor two, little baby Yoda's getting flopped around. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It was great, and it was, I mean, again, it was perfect timing because you had a lot of tension in the cockpit. You had fucking Mayfeld pick up Baby Yoda, and some shit was definitely about to go down if, if you know, Zero didn't start his landing sequence. Um, so everything was, I mean... Well, yeah, they were all b- literally bullying the Mando for his culture and then for the fact that he now keeps a pet, as he called it. Yeah, I just think... The, th- the main thing about this episode for me was timing, like comedic timing with Burr. You know, the, the timing of everything, the way that it worked was, was excellently executed. And even going into like one of the scenes that you said you really enjoyed, that kind of, you know, that, that, that strobe light sequence scene where he's sneaking up on Yeah, that, that's my next moment. I mean, I loved that. I loved the, the, how it was shot and just the, the tension of the moment and the fact that Mayfeld knew he got got. Yeah. I mean, it was a perfect, like those, those sequential scenes where you see the Mandalorian taking out his quarry once they betrayed him. I mean, that was some masterful work there. I, I just really love all of it. I mean, from the first, were you, were you surprised he left them alive? And do you think he left them alive because he's changing? Or would he have done that? Is that part of his lifelong code? I don't know, man. That's a good question because we've never really seen... I mean, I don't think... I didn't think that he killed them, to answer the first question. I didn't think he killed them. I thought that he probably left them somewhere, especially considering the way that this show's been been skewing recently like he's softening and that's not necessarily a bad yeah, thing. that's what i mean but i'm still dark and i was like oh man he fucking wasted this yeah he's bitches. you're like bergs hanging from the ceiling by his neck oh yeah yeah exactly <laughs> like predator style yeah. like his fucking skull and, and spine have been ripped out but i just knew like when when he got out of that cell i was like he's probably gonna use that again i didn't know how he was gonna use it. i didn't know if he was gonna like trick one of them into going into it and close it but when i saw all of them in there at the end i was like that is fitting for what he's turning into. You know, he probably didn't have any any thoughts about wasting people in the past, but now that he's kind of he also knew that if if he killed him, he would probably pick up more heat. Like if 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 he yeah. killed them all, they found him like whether it be mercenary friends, whether it be people that are mixed up with syndicates anything like that, like he would probably pick up more heat. So he leaves him alive, and then he his legend grows. That's another 
moment where his legend elevates itself. Oh uh, yeah, he's he's keeping him alive just so they can spread the legend of the new Mando and his little green pet. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> it's fantastic. No, I did, I did, I also I loved his his double cross at the end. I mean, Rand tries to double cross him, yeah. but Mando is one step ahead. And leaves that tracker on Quinn when he dumps him off. <laughs> this is fantastic. I was waiting. I was like, "Where's that tracker? Is that tracker gonna come back up?" Yeah, Rand's <laughs> all like, "Yeah, hey, see you later, buddy. Okay, have fun. Well, yeah, we got you. You're paid." And then he's like, "All right, fucking kill him." And then, then Quinn looks down and is like, "Beep, beep, beep." And then you just see those T-65s. They come right out of hyperspace just as Mando's about to hit his jump. And there's Filoni. I was like, yeah. yeah as soon as I just saw blow, Filoni, blow that crazy. thing to fucking smithereens. That was crazy because I was like, okay, are they going to like land? And then, you know, these guys are going to get arrested. But then as soon as they s- said there's a bomber ship deploying, I was like, oh, shit, they're going to blow it up. And they blew oh, yeah. it they, up. They, they wasted the whole station. Yeah, they blew the whole fucking thing up. Um, yeah, I mean, this episode really... For me, from top to bottom, was was incredible. I mean, from the cameos to the performances by all of the guest actors to directing, you know, the the way that this thing was filmed, I I love this episode. And you know, people can say what they want to about it being you know deviations from the standard plot line, but I love episodes like this where you get character building moments, you learn more about your primary characters, and then you also just have badass action sequences. Like we haven't. Yeah. I will argue that that action sequence that we saw with him fighting the four droids was You've never seen anything like that in Star Wars. Exactly. Like that th- that's better than any action sequence that we've seen in this show so far. I I would say that at least even, live action. I mean, yeah. I've, obviously they can do some wild shit in animation, but it's animation. The, the rules aren't quite the same. Physics don't quite play out the same way, so Yeah. Uh, I'm with you, man. I mean, I'm I'm all over the show. I love the fucking experiment. I think it's paid off in spades we got two to go uh the only thing i don't like is is me i ruin everything i mean (laughs) i'm really trying to have some come to jesus's with myself and all these little star wars projects because it's really it's getting to the point it's like is this worth my fucking time anymore honestly honestly is it worth it because these I'm so excited for tomorrow as Nick and I are recording on Tuesday. I know new Mando's coming out, but at the same time, I'm sitting there like, I'm not even going to get to watch it as a fan until Wednesday night after sinking six hours of work into breaking down the episode. Yeah. It just I, I can't ever have fun anymore. Yeah. I, I, I can't just enjoy it. Like I can't just get up and fucking watch the episode and be like, man, that was cool. Let me go on the internet and look up this shit and see if other people thought about it. No. I'm sitting here. Let me put out the stuff that people may search on the internet even though they'll never find it because my stuff sucks and people hate us. You know, man, soon. Such is life, dude. One of these days I'll just get, get used to it. I'll be like. There's an indictment on the content I put out. It's been out there. No one wants to watch it, so I just got to get used to that and just quit doing it. <laughs> just just get back to doing a fucking one one show a week. There we go. We'll live the good life. We will we will get our due. We're we're get, we're growing. <laughs> we're growing. Yeah. You're only a year into this, brother. I'm like 10 That's years true. on the internet trying to get people to listen to me, so I'm starting to fall apart a little bit. That's true. Uh, but only All right, anyways, not not to get left. too down here. I'm not ready to jump off a bridge quite yet, but there's a good chance in 2020 a lot of the content may dry up from your buddies at Star Wars time. 
but uh, okay, it's a, it's a big week this week, right? I mean, there's a little movie coming out supposed to tie up the Skywalker saga, this thing that started 40 years ago, you know, so low expectations, right, man? Um, but Nick and I, we're here to just kind of talk about that, expectations, what we'd like to see, how we're kind of feeling about the film at this point. I mean, obviously, we may have a few more insights than we'd like to at this stage of the game, but such is life when you're a Star Wars fanboy asshole. So I asked Nick, you know, let's powwow. Let's kind of throw down a list of some things that we, we'd like to see. So that's kind of what we're going to get into in this, this segment here of the show. And there's no real rhyme or reason to this, no order. It's just two fans spitballing of shit they'd like to see in the final Skywalker film, which I think is a lie because in the end, if Disney wants to make more money and the likes of Daisy and John are out of work, there will be more Skywalker Saga films. But anyways, we'll save that for 10 years from now. <laughs> so, Nick, I'm just going to go ahead and look at our list. I'm going to start with where we're at, the top one there. I do believe, especially if Palpatine's coming back and this, that, and the other thing, and you got to tie up all nine sagas, we, there's got to be an Anakin or Vader moment. I don't know what that moment is. I don't know if I'll be satisfied, Nick, if it just truly is the Vader shrine getting smashed and Kylo talking about it. Or if I'm going to need a Force Ghost appearance by Hayden. But I do think we have to have more of that character incorporated than just casual passerby conversation. Yeah, I mean, he is the ce- he is the central figure. Let me put some emphasis there. He's the central figure of the Skywalker saga. I mean, if you want to look at, you know, Emperor Palpatine as the the main bad the reason that he's the main bad and the, the, you know, the reason that he ascended to the levels that he did in the galaxy were mostly due to Anakin Skywalker. I mean, his creation, as we came to find out in the, in the comic series, and then, you know, ultimately the cause of his first downfall, we'll see who causes his second, but. I mean, that's another moment I think, Anakin has to somehow be involved because they've Chris and JJ have promised us that they're not going. They didn't throw away Vader's redemption. And I I still don't know how you're going to justify that with the fact that Palpatine's back. But that's what I mean. Like that we need Anakin Vader in some in that capacity. Yeah. I mean, whether it be to me, it has to be communication with Kylo. I mean, there like is, in Anakin form or maybe a half Vader Anakin? I, I don't know. Like, I mean, To me, I think it would be cool if... if I don't want to play it as angel devil, but like if you can, if he sees both forms in some way, whether it be like a well, split he, half There, There or, was concept art for that, yeah. Nick, in TFA. Like the TFA art book, they, they did consider a version of Vader that is kind of half Anakin face, half Vader face. Yeah, and I just... I think you're right. I think if you don't bring him back in to either be a, a guiding force for Kylo or or some other, you know, some other force within this movie, then you do kind of I don't want to say you cheapen his redemption moment because there's I don't think it's cheapened. Like there's no way that that Anakin slash Vader would have known that throwing the the Emperor down an energy shaft on an exploding Death Star wasn't going to do him in for good. Like, 
I don't think it cheapens no, I, that much. I'm not saying it that way, but in terms of the overall narrative, I mean, that was supposed to be his big moment, and it, it really did nothing because Palpatine just kept plotting all along and biding his time. Yeah, but I mean, also... Like, you, you, I mean, Palpatine, you know him, he'll just sit there and be like, oh, it's all by design, But I don't Lord think... Vader. In that moment, I don't think that... I don't think that the redemption was in killing Palpatine. I think the redemption was in saving his son. Like... Whether he killed Palpatine or not, like whether, you know, ultimately Palpatine is alive now or not, the redemption wasn't in him throwing him off and saying he's dead. The redemption was, I'm saving my son from this person who corrupted me, and I'm ensuring that this does not happen to him. So, like, to me, Palpatine being alive doesn't. Reduce I've got the moment way. burned in my head because the little one is back on a kick. You know, we, we, we finished our, our watch of one through eight. Uh, but I don't know. It, it's like year three and a half. She's now shifted into a Return of the Jedi fan like myself. There you go. So that one has been screened now, I think, at least four times since the weekend. <laughs> and today, dude, I'm not going to lie. I wish I would have got video. But I just I just watch her now watching it because she is a little bit older. So it's starting to make a little more sense to her. Her emotions are forming a bit more. Yeah. <clears throat> but at the end, during the celebration when Luke is looking at the ghost and then Leia comes up to him, I just watched her and, and made sure she didn't know I was watching her. And dude, the, the pure happiness, enjoyment <laughs> on her face almost made me fall over and curl up in the ball and just start crying. You know, like tears of joy. I mean, dude, you just see on her face, like she was just having a such a good time watching the end of that movie for the fourth time in four days in the <laughs> moment of Luke looking at his dad and Obi-Wan and Yoda and then his sister coming up. It just, you can see it touches her already. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, eventually, you know, what's going to have to happen is when Charlie gets old enough to dictate and, and say words and, and meaningful strings, you know, ten, oh, that, 10 years already, down the that line, happens. she's going to be joining, you know, daddy and 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 mr nick here on the star wars time show and giving her opinions on well, yeah i mean star if we were wars. smart we'd probably already taken advantage of her being a kid and saying really far out there shit and just put her on like other people do with their kids and try to monetize her yeah turn and, and make some money but we're not smart yeah. we've we've established that <laughs> we 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 try to stay behind the trends we don't want to break any news we don't want to leak anything legit <laughs> All we want are bad hot takes and horrible speculation. That's right. That's our that's our bread and butter here. That's our Star bread Wars and butter. Subject. Miss missing the mark every <laughs> fucking time. But um, all yeah, right, Anakin yeah. So Vader. definitely Anakin Vader. Uh, another one. I think we can take this two ways. Uh, we got to get the story of Luke Saber. Maz promised us in JJ's first movie, so he's got to pay off on that. And I, even better, I think, as Nick said, uh, it'd be cool to kind of see the Green Saber make an appearance. Yeah. And for me, the Green Saber is, is added in only because that was such an iconic moment for Luke. And we never got to see it. We didn't get to see it on screen until one celebration where um, that footage was revealed, like him igniting it for the first time in the cave. But like that was a huge turning point for him. To, to build his own lightsaber and to become... Well, a, even his dad says it, like, oh, shit, yeah, check this out. Your motherfucking skills are complete, dude. Way to go. Exactly. And that it's been all but kind of tossed to the side. And, and you can argue that while Anakin's saber is, you know, 
has been considered the Skywalker family saber. You know, Luke's saber that he built in, in you know, Return of the Jedi has that same level of significance. I mean... I, I Dude, the, the green saber is my favorite saber of the franchise. It really is. I mean, I, I love Vader's as well. Yeah. Because Vader's, is, it's such a... You could tell Anakin loved that style. I mean, he essentially built the same fucking saber. Added. Just added some black around the tip instead of keeping it all silver. Yeah. Uh, but I just... I loved Luke's because it was almost a... It, he was. It was almost a fuck you to his his dad yeah. in the Skywalker saga. He, he went uh, or lineage. He went and essentially paid homage to Obi Wan Kenobi. Exactly. Like he he showed Obi Wan that that his true mentor. You know, some love with that saber, and I really do. Enjoy oh, it, it's it's almost it's a dead on. It'd be like it, it, you'd be mistaken. To go, oh, I wonder who Luke got inspiration for his hilt from. I mean, it is fucking Kenobi's yeah. hilt. It's it's so a little modern, a little flashier. You know, he put some of that gold and bronze in there, bronzium, right? Yes. Um, so yeah, I and mean, that'd be cool. I, I know we've riffed on this because of a redditor, but I, I still think it'd be fantastic if R two rolled in with that green saber and shot it out of his head. Dude, I mean, it would be uh, it would be perfect and for that to at land the last and moment I, maybe he even takes a fucking laser bolt through the gut and dies like k2 yeah i mean who knows i mean there's a lot of opportunity in this movie we've already established if people forget in tlj that force ghosts can now be physical i mean we're all talking about here like who's gonna cut down vader who's gonna i mean not vader you know palpatine theoretically luke could come back in full force ghost physical form, catch his own saber and kill him. I'm just putting that out there. It could happen, but oh, it could it's not? Yeah, it's not going to because I mean, they're, they're no. definitely going to give those moments to the to the new boys. But it, it would sure as hell be nice if they were almost dumping their powers into either Ray or Kylo to kind of give them an edge. You know, maybe maybe they find that Palpatine's been hooked up to like this farm of fucking baby yodas yeah. just pumping them full of extra force juice so the ghosts are like oh fuck it and they like almost impart some of their power into either ray or ben or both yeah i mean it could be rise of skywalker yeah i mean that that almost plays in an, a, another expectation or thing we'd like to see and that's insane uses of the force i mean it's been teased from here to to sunday that we're going to see the force used in ways we've never seen it I believe they've set up some of these new powers, even in the Mandalorian, when Baby Yoda was trying to heal Mando. Yeah. Uh, I think they're going to do something with healing in the Force. Yeah, I mean, that's been well-established uh, in video games for a long time, so. You could possibly, Nick, you could finally see Darth Plagueis' ability in real time. Yeah, to drain. I mean, we, we could potentially see someone brought back from fucking death. Yeah, it, it would be incredible to see something like that i mean and and this is the if you're gonna bring out controversial force powers and and shit that is just absolutely jaw-dropping like this is the time to do it i really do think that that the ghosts here could play a big part like you were mentioning i mean force ghosts living on through the force has been a it's been a goal for jedi for since they found out they could do it but what better way to 
leave your legacy or what better way to to always exist in the force than to depart not only the the like the concrete world but the force world by helping your you know mentee destroy the greatest evil this yeah i mean you're essentially sacrificing yourself for good yeah like you're even getting rid of your spirit at that point and you're just imbued you're imbuing your midichlorians with the receivers, yes. right? I mean, yes. So yeah, all that type of stuff. And I'm not even talking about the you know passive healing or this or that. I, I want to see some fucking Star Killer level rage type of shit too. Oh yeah, like uh, <laughs> either pulling ships down or exploding ships with their hands or minds. Lightning, maybe maybe we'll get Kylo shooting some lightning. I mean, I, I want to see some violent force as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the, I can't imagine that the emperor is still spry enough after at his age one and his current condition to fight anybody with a lightsaber. So I imagine that he's going to be heavily force, you know, reliant. Um, yeah. And we we saw some pretty cool force power use from Snoke and TLJ, you know, when he was kind of holding Ray there. And I don't know what the fuck he was doing to her, but he was really putting a pain on. But you know, we're going to see a a insane Kylo in this movie. We're going to see a resurrected Palpatine that's probably going to be nearly as powerful well, as I, we've I think we're, we're even going to see a, an off-kilter Rey. Yeah. Like, I think we might see Rey dip a little little into the darkness. Yeah, kids, and not yeah. just dark Rey shit. I, I think she may, uh, kind of as Luke did in, in the throne room, she may let herself feel it a little bit. And it's probably going to worry her like it did Luke, but I, I think we will see that as well. Uh, something I hope we see, and I, I don't think it's going to be too hard just based on some of the trailers, but I want the best space battle in all of Star Wars to be present in this movie. Yeah. And at this point, I, I guess the title would go to Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi was uh, really good, yeah. I, I think the opening <laughs> of Sith is little convoluted and just some of the dialogue just kind of ruins that for me and yeah visually it looked kind of cool and i like the doom do 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 you know the, the yeah. beginning it looks great yeah. but it's not a great space battle and, and honestly one of my favorite and i think it's just because it was the first and the nostalgia but the the, the attack on the death star and the trench run I mean that that to me, even though it's kind of slow and not much of a space battle, it, it's got that tension and yeah. those types of feels. But I, I think the the battle in Tross could just make all these look tiny. Uh, yeah, I mean tiny by scale, absolutely. I mean one thing that we've kind of come to realize when when we look at old or you know original trilogy Star Wars is that the the size of the rebellion fleet and the and the fact that they were able to kind of take out two death stars is impressive because they weren't a huge force now it seems like the resistance has a massive fucking force like they have the number of ships that we saw on the screen in the trailer was was just abhorrent and then yeah it seems like at some point in time and i don't even think it's going to be early on but i think at some point in time leia's plea it sounds like she's been sending out uh, Poe and Finn. You know, maybe the pleas actually start to be heard yeah. and acted upon for some reason. Maybe maybe something happens early in the movie where it finally kicks the rest of the galaxy's ass. Be like, uh oh, it's like we really uh, need we to just do basically something. let another empire rise here because we weren't taking this Leia chick too seriously again. Uh, maybe we should go help. Yeah, yeah. So I yeah I think that that's a given. Just like the fact that we saw literal fights like 
ground troop fights on the outside of star destroyers like this kind of shit is is nuts so i think that that one is a is yeah is, is gonna happen there so yeah we we've kind of hit on some of these I and mean, we, we talked about earn deaths earlier with the knights of ren that, that's kind of what i was meaning i mean if you're gonna kill off face characters known characters just just make sure they're earned and not bullshit yeah race <laughs> i'm not someone that's gonna get be like oh man akbar didn't get an earned death yeah <laughs> Whatever. He's Akbar. He had one line. He was kind of more of a, a meme than an actual legit character. Yeah. But it would have been nice to kind of seen him go out instead of just like, oh, oh shit, the, he was on the bridge. The I guess he was sucked out blew too. Blew up. There he goes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That type of stuff. I don't. Everyone doesn't need like, a, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. I'm dead. I love you. Moment. But just make sure their deaths are earned. Don't. Don't kill R2 just because you want to shock people. Or don't kill Chewie just because it'll be shocking. Or C-3PO, or Ray, Poe, Finn, any of them. Yeah. Make sure they're earned. That's all I'm asking yeah. for. Yeah, and I assume that uh, And then Nick, Nick's got here, you know, the stuff with Leia. I mean, we're just going to have to see how it plays out. I mean, I, I don't want it to look wonky. I don't want it to feel wonky. Outside of that, I don't really think it can fuck too much shit up. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing with, with Leia is that she... She's going to have a limited part here. So based off of what we heard from JJ, what we've heard from, you know, Kathleen and even, you know, um, Carrie Fisher's brother, it seems like they've used all the footage that they could use to good use. I just want to see, you know, how one, are they going to show her going out? Like, is she going to die? If she dies, how is that going to happen? That's one thing that we talked about way early. I mean, on. dude, at this point, it's going to have to be like a Off on a sick bed or some bullshit. Yeah, yeah. it's going to have to be something like that because. And they'll play it up like, hey, you know, the events of TLJ being out in the vacuum of space for so long, that, that kind of wore on her, even though she is Skywalker infused. It just enough was enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, one other thing that we skipped over was a couple of things that you got, you got Ray and Poe. So I know you're a big, I don't even know how to make a, like a, a, a Ray Poe. Like a, is there a Ray? Yeah, yeah. Who cares about the name? I just want him to fuck. <laughs> you just want it to happen. You want the ship to happen. I'm telling you, dude. And I think my point's validated because if Colin Trevorrow was still doing this movie, he specifically asked Ryan, for that moment at the end of TLJ where she literally walks up to him and, and she's like, hi, I'm Ray, and kind of smiles like that. And he's like, hi, I'm Poe. Yeah, yeah. It's like, come on. These two want to eye-fuck each other at least. Dude, I think you – I mean, it could happen. It could happen. I just don't know if they, like, would – I don't know, man. It'd be it'd be interesting. No, it's not going to happen. I'm just throwing it out there because <laughs> why not? It's a fucking list, right? I know, I mean, but cares? it would be interesting because, like, <laughs> if I had to pin – I just wouldn't pin Poe to Ray just because they they've had so few interactions together. But there's a whole movie for that sh- for that whole relationship to blossom. That's what I mean, man. They, they had a year and a half time to hang out. You never know. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm saying they at least hooked up in between TLJ and Tross. You have to maybe repopulate then, it's just the resistance. Yeah, maybe they're friends <laughs> with benefits or something like that. Yeah. But uh, that I just I felt the sexual tension between these two. Maybe it's just Oscar. <laughs> I mean, he is a Handsome he is man. a lovely looking uh, Latin man. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I just you know, I, I guess I'm just angling to maybe see if 
one of those two will get naked on screen. Maybe. You know? It could happen. This is it's the last like one. Shot. It's the Skywalker shot, side boob. In. You never know. Yes, I'm a scumbag. <laughs> um, uh, Ray's conclusiveness. So, like, conclusiveness to Ray's story was something else that we had on there. Yeah, I mean, uh, enough, with the, uh, enough with the fucking skirting around the issue, JJ and Cass. We know you went ahead and basically have retconned the idea that she's a nobody, which is fine. I'm not sitting here bitching. I mean, I know Nick and I were kind of talking about it. We were like, oh, did you check out any reviews for Tross? And we're both like, hell no. And that's my advice for anyone. Do not read or listen to movie reviews for a movie you want to see before you see it. Yeah. After you see it, go ahead and compare your opinions to others, but do not let other people's opinions affect and cloud your judgment before you see something yourself to judge it yourself. Exactly. I, but anyways, I, I had to get some of the reactions. So I took to social media where it was just real light type of stuff. And there, there's a few people like, oh, they're so rude to Ryan Johnson. So I guess that's something that's like, it bums me out a bit because I don't, I don't want it to feel like they've caved to the trolls. So we'll just have to see. But I mean, for me, I don't know. I mean, the, the fan service is great. Obviously, they they excel at it in Mandalorian, but sometimes it can go overboard. Yeah. And I guess I don't want to see that in Tross. For for me, I I don't think it would be a retcon, and I'll kind of put some thought behind that well we said it all along yeah. i mean kylo, kylo it's easy to argue away he was just saying what he thought he needed to say to try to get her to come to his side exactly and like we talked about that heavily right after like in the wake of tlj we were like look don't put any stock into this kylo doesn't know you know probably doesn't know who this girl is and all he's trying to do is either hurt her or convince her to join his side like that, like the words that were said there, like that whole thing that he said there probably is, you know, I wouldn't consider that a retcon. I would just consider that a conversation that's happening to try to influence her. Now, if, if they make her somebody, I mean, I feel like JJ was trying to hint at that in TFA, you know, with the flashback. I guess that's where I'm like going, that. dude. I, 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 if anything, I liked that Ryan just flat out was like, you know what? You don't have to be a goddamn motherfucking Skywalker to be powerful in the Force. It's for some reason people can't get over that, and, and I, I think you're right. I think you were going towards they may make her a somebody. Yeah. Is she going to be a Solo, a Skywalker? Hell, is she going to be a fucking Palpatine? Who knows at this point? But it sounds like they are going in that direction. Yeah. And that's just kind of like, come on. I mean, I just why do we like? Why do we have to? Why does it have to be genealogy? I mean, who the fuck's Yoda, right? Well, that, who the fuck's Mace Windu? Who the fuck's Kia de Mundi? Who the fuck's Qui Gon Jinn? Who the fuck's Obi Wan Kenobi, right? Well, yeah. Who the fuck were their parents? I mean, I think, but I think that that's that's the argument to say that that most of Star Wars, in fact, has not been centered around, or or you know, most of the known Jedi are not Skywalker related. Like all those guys that you mentioned from the prequel trilogy, from Clone Wars and, and all of that rebels, you have, you know, Kanan and you got, um, you know, you have, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm blanking on Ezra. Ezra. It, like you have all of these force users that aren't, um, that aren't Skywalker lineage at all. But for me, the main characters in the Skywalker saga should be, you know, that's why it's named that. Like it's named the Skywalker saga for that reason. Like the main characters, if you're going to have them be 
you know. Well, you do. His name's Ben Solo. Yeah. But also, you don't have to. I mean, like, I don't know. I don't think that there's any benefit to having her not be somebody. And I don't think that there's a, sp- a particular benefit to having her be nobody. Well, the, the, here's the benefit for having her not be somebody. Is again, anybody can be a badass in the force. You don't have to be a man with the name Skywalker. Yeah, but I just don't see how that, that adds. That, I anything. mean, what's the biggest argument against Ray? She's fucking Mary Sue, too powerful. No girl could ever be that powerful. No girl could beat a a trained dark side user and just by picking up a lightsaber. And that's because she's a girl and she's not a Skywalker. That's my point. I know. We're gonna like, get right back to that. You can't in Star Wars land and a lot of people's minds. You can't be powerful unless you are a Skywalker. I mean, I understand that, but it also feels like to me that like. She becomes throwaway then. She becomes something that's just used to save Ben Solo. And that's all her character is. Well, we know exactly what she is. It just depends on how spoiler you want to get. I mean, I know, but I just... She is directly a a new prophesized thing in the Force, if we want to get there. So, yes, she is important but does she really have to have those genes in her to be that yeah i mean I, that's, that's where that's, i'm at like why why do you got to be a fucking skywalker to be powerful in the force all of a sudden when you had jedi and sith for millennia that could do some pretty impressive shit that weren't skywalkers that weren't palpatines and that's where it feels like we're going we're going right back to hey the only reason ray was a- ever able to do what she has done in these movies is because she has these royal force genes. Yeah, I just like it better for storytelling. I think that's what Ryan purposes. was at least trying to get away from. Like, hey, if we want to try to start making other Star Wars with new characters that isn't tied to Skywalker, we have to establish that other beings in this galaxy can, you know what, be as powerful as the Skywalker. Yeah, I mean, I agree. But I also think that it, that's well established. But, I mean, we're getting off point here. It's, it, but it's not, though. Then why do you have all these people that hate Rey? I mean, that's not that's not an in-universe thing. I'm talking about in-universe. Like, people are idiots, so I don't really give a shit what all the idiots think. Like, <laughs> in-universe, it's well-established. You have to give a shit about the idiots, though, because that's the, that's the audience we talk I mean, to. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're the ones, ultimately. I mean, to me, there's more, not, there's more super powerful Force users that are in or out of Star Wars canon, whether it be Legends or whether it be canon stuff now that aren't Skywalkers that are. And whether there's people out there want to admit that or not, that's on them. For me, as a consumer of Star Wars content, as a consumer of Star Wars lore, I know that the Force exists right. outside but you're, of Skywalkers. You're normal. But you, you're can't, normal. you can't build shit to the lowest common idiot. You can't build things that way. Because if you do, then the content is trash. And then it becomes yeah, but th- th- that's 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 my whole point, and that's there's hints that that's possibly where JJ has gone now. But I, I can see that for this particular saga, though, for this <laughs> saga, like for this saga, for this use case, I can see it. But you can't say that because if she's not a Skywalker, or if she is a Skywalker or a Solo or anything, then people are just going to think that that's all that there is a Skywalker and Solos. When a lot of those people who hate these movies, love the prequels, and that's one Skywalker. That's all I'm saying. But, uh, like, I don't care what she is. I mean, she's going to end up being not a Skywalker anyway. So let's just move past it. Um, so what? So I'll recap this. So what Nick is saying is he agrees that you can only be powerful in the Force if you have a dick and balls and your last name is Skywalker. 100%. 100%. Uh, I'm just kidding. 
Uh, it's fun. Yeah. Uh, who knows? But I'm telling you, that's where it's going. I mean, uh, I, I just want a good story for the character. And honestly, Ray's story's been kind of shitty, especially in TLJ. Like, she's been weak. And it's because they haven't given her anything to flesh her out. She's been used as a tool. Like, she's been used as a plot device to move things on. And she has nothing to give her an identity, to give her something that fleshes her character out. And that's what makes what she's become, like what her story is right now so weak. And I love her as a character, but she needs something to bolster her because she's like, that's why I said my favorite character. So you're saying you hate females in Star Wars. Yes. And that's why my favorite character in this is (laughs) Kylo because he has the best story and it's unquestionable. Uh, This is fun. I like when Nick gets worked up. I mean... Uh. I'm not. I'm not. I, I'm not even like fighting with him. I can just tell he's passionate about these topics, so I'm pushing buttons. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you don't. What's your opinion on Ray's story? What little story she has? Uh, I love a good mystery. Uh, I'm not going to say that that mystery was uh, fleshed out properly in TLJ, though. <laughs> I mean, that's my problem. Is that we had a whole movie where we just didn't focus on her. Well, we did, and we got some pass, but it was very vague and not quite... Uh, I mean, Daisy said it herself, and you know, it, fans have said it too, it, it, that, that Kylo's summation of things and the way it ended wasn't quite enough. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, hey, like I said, though, I, I, I liked how she was kept mysterious in 7. I would have liked a little more exposition in 8, I'm not going to say she's weak, though. I, I quite like Ray, and, and honestly, without Obi-Wan's lying, I mean, Luke was fairly weak, too, until we learned that he was directly tied to the most evil person in the galaxy. I so. think, like, that's one thing that we And that wasn't about. even part of the story, I and mean, that was just George made it up as he went. I mean, I mean, if you really want to get down to it, they weren't even father and son, really, until the script was written, yeah. so... I mean, but that was once it made it in the canon, it's canon. Um, I mean, I just think that one thing that I mentioned about the original trilogy that I think that it does the best out of everything is that it, it uses the time in in the world better than any other movie. Like it's all the trilogies are three films and they all come out in relatively similar release fashions. But the original trilogy uses the in universe time better to build character than any other movie. I'll give you that. Characters, yes. World, absolutely not. The world building, unfortunately, goes to the prequels. I mean, if the prequels are good at anything, it was building that yeah. world out. Yeah, absolutely. Like, There's no doubt about it. I mean, th- those movies are great at detailing the politics, the power structure of that era. I don't know if you're into that type of shit, but that's really what the prequels are. Yeah, no. It, in terms of characters, like... It's go, it goes to the OT, and in terms of world building, you're right. Like the pre, that's all the prequel trilogy was. Like George realized he's like, I got an OT where I flesh out my characters really well, but then I need to give context somehow to that in the prequel trilogy. And I think he went overboard on world building and didn't focus enough on character building. It seems like when he when he makes them, he can't do both. But that's what I'm. That's what I really enjoyed about the OT was that every character, you feel like you knew them. Like 
and, and again, like, we, and the amazing the thing it. was, you knew them just from casual bullshit conversations because none of them ever had any sort of deep conversation with each other. That's true. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Ever. Yeah. The, the, the deepest conversations you get are between Luke and Yoda on Dagobah, and that's like backwards-ass hobo speak. Yeah. You know, like little one, one-liners of wisdom. Yeah, it's like... I mean, dude... What he does is... I don't, like, I, there's, there's a lot of me that, that thinks that there's some Star Wars fans, especially my age, that probably have not watched the originals or the prequels in, in years the way I have having a little Star Wars fan in the house. And having to watch these things over and over, you start to realize that all these movies really <laughs> weren't that good. <laughs> but they're so damn great because of what they were at the time when you watched them. That's the trick. I think what he what he did in the original trilogy was you nailed half of it. Because you said they build character with through conversation. But with the yeah, just casual bullshit. Yeah, like with, everything it, it's it's how it's the same thing with the Mando. Yeah. And how they're building out his past, his future is present just by putting him in situations yeah. with characters like and talking. You get a two-sentence blurb on who somebody is when they're introduced. We find out who Princess Leia is right up front. She is an Imperial senator, and she's from Alderaan. And then everything else you learn about her is through conversations with Han, with Luke, with anybody. Anytime that there's an interaction with Leia, you learn more about her in the movies. And the same thing is for for Han and for, for Luke throughout those movies. And with this trilogy... And really, the best one at this is Empire, because it, it, it takes, with minimal scenes together, mm-hmm. in, in particular romantic scenes, it, it takes a relationship that starts between Leia and Han as very contentious uh, elementary school flirting. You know, Han's almost mean to her to get her yeah. to like him. Yeah, like literally like to a where by the end... <laughs> She's devastated that her bow is being lowered down into a carbon freezing chamber, and she commits herself and Luke and Lando and Chewie and the droids to go find him immediately in the midst of a galactic conflict. Yeah, I mean, and that's one thing. All because of their little interactions and conversations they had together. It's not like they ever sat down and went out on a date. It's just she saw him... You know him doing his thing and his flying and getting away and that was you turned could see on. You see the 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 exterior melting. You could see her oh, yeah. her like he he finally wore down yeah. with his his knocks and harassment. <laughs> but I think with this trilogy and this goes for TFA and and TLJ, you character development was attempted in a silo, like you didn't have a lot. Well, of that. dude, it, it all goes back to scattering this story amongst three yeah. creatives, three directors is the, the dumbest fucking plan of all time. I agree. I agree. Because it's already sounding like J.J. essentially is like, hey, fuck it. I, I still made the last movie I wanted to. The middle movie had no effect on it. It's I mean, like, that's right, literally, well. yeah. I mean, from what his yeah. lines were, like, if you read his interviews, he's like, Ryan didn't do anything to mess me up. I'm going to tell the story yep, that I'm I want to tell. Yep, there's nothing I can't recover from. So I was like, okay, well... In the end, this definitely would have been a better experiment if J.J. just wrote all three because then it, the, everything would have flowed. I think you would have had the trio together more because even he was surprised they weren't together. So whatever. I think we've kind of uh, ran our, our preview <laughs> of Tross into the ground, I guess, as we leave it and get ready for the top five, just in your gut. Yeah. 
are you going to come out feeling like TFA or feeling like TLJ? Because you were someone that had very different reactions to the to so, yeah, movies. Like completely. I feel like I'm going to come out like TFA because I feel like given the the stakes of this movie, not only out of universe, like what it is as a film, but also in universe, like where we are now and how everything's been set up for us. I think that it's, it's going to be really hard not to pay off and not, and, and for this movie not to be really, really good. I mean, are you smiling, you crying, you clapping, you cheering, you like booing, you pissing, you shitting? I feel like, Throughout the movie, there's gonna, you're gonna go through all of it. Like I'll hit how many how many how many cries do you have? I feel like TFA. I had two. TLJ. I didn't have any. I feel like this one's gonna have like I'm gonna cry at the end, regardless of what happens. Like when those when the credits roll at the end of this movie, I'm definitely gonna tear up because I know it's over. Like it, it, right. it it's the end. Yeah. Um, and it's not like I mean. You know, you could say there's a similar feeling for for rots if you were around for ROTJ. But I oh no 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 you, you know my feeling going into rots I will not forget it because I was 25. We were at the end of the prequel era. I went in like please God, <laughs> at least at least let this one be serviceable, please, <laughs> please. And like, this is the big one. This is the one that matters. And nope. And like for me, even though. We, I just kind of went on, I don't want to call it a tirade, but like I, I, I picked out the flaws in the new trilogy. I really enjoy it. Like I like everything that that Disney Star Wars has made, and I truly love The Force Awakens. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I feel, to me personally, the stakes were higher for for Revenge of the Sith than The, the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. I mean, I narratively for the characters we all know and love, because in the end, and as I say, the reason I uh, Sith is my least favorite Star Wars movie is because of the nail it put in the coffin of the character of Darth Vader for me. Yeah, uh, it, it pretty much fully turned him into a whiny, sniveling, conniving pussy bitch. And, and here's the thing, like with this movie. There's not a situation like that for any character. That's that what I mean. Like, to me, like, the stakes are yes, it's wrapping the Skywalker, whatever the fuck that is. Like, oh, okay, whatever. To me, Star Wars is fucking Star Wars. I don't give a shit. Uh, but it's like, yeah, I don't care. Like that, that, that stake is not up there. Like, oh, it, it, they've got to do this for Ray or this for Kylo or this for Palp to make me. No, I don't have that. All I have is. I know it's going to be a good story. I know I'm going to be entertained. I know I'm going to be emotional. I just want to walk out feeling like nothing was left unfinished, and I don't have any questions of like, ooh, but why this or why that yeah. or I wish we got more of that. And I fear that's going to be that's going to happen because a lot of the early word is this movie's a lot, and it comes at you fast, and it may be too much with too little time. I mean, if and that's the case, then it sounds to me like it, you need multiple viewings, which we planned on doing anyway. I mean, that too. But I'm still going to argue it should have been if you're longer. if you're trying to like establish that this trio is a trio now, which we haven't seen for two movies, and this, that, and the other thing, and you're reintroducing Palp, and 
Kylo's out on these other missions that aren't directly First Order related. I mean, you, you need some time to build that up, some plot development, and then you got to resolve all the other shit. So yeah. I, I still don't understand the, the rush or the pension to get this thing down under two and a half hours. I, I just I don't want to feel robbed of, of, of something yeah. when I leave. I, I, I can't explain what that is, but I don't want to feel like... Man, they showed us this, but they didn't quite pay off the way they should have. And fuck, it's probably because of time constraints. And, and here's, fuck this like, two-hour and 20-minute runtime. Here's one thing that I still don't think that we're clear on. Like, not me and you, but Star Wars as a whole. I don't know if we are done with the Skywalker saga timeline we're not completely. Like, we're not. So does that mean... Do we get a live action Age of Resistance television series that could fill in yeah, gaps? Be, why not? I mean, like, Kathleen's come out and said it. JJ has said stuff too. I mean, Kathleen pretty much said, it like, yeah, I mean, yeah, the characters from the new trilogy could, of course, show up in other projects. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, this is the last theatrical run that we'll get for the Skywalker saga, quote unquote. I, I just think they, like, they really want to separate from the Luke, divisive shit. Leia. Han, Chewie, the droids, that. I think, yeah, I think it's time. I think they realize that a lot of the vitriol that's out there for Star Wars now is wrapped up in the legacy of the original movies. And as weird as it is to say, of of the prequels, like people. No, you're right. I was going to say, I think it's even more so for Anakin Skywalker legacy than, yeah. than anything. So like they realize for some reason that the little kids that watch the prequels think that these things are like, whoa, wow, Anakin, my God, Dude, he's I've awesome. said like, it before. Yeah, if, you, if you watch the Clone Wars, Anakin's a fucking badass. Yeah, like I've said it before. The reason that the younger generation is attracted to the prequels is because it's bright, it's fast, Shiny. and there's a lot yeah. of moving pictures like they just yeah. love that shit and and the ot is more subdued but it tells a better story like for me they kathleen and bob realized that if we want to get out of the muck raking that's happening now you have to to sever that well again hey mando muck. there you go there's your blueprint yeah literally it's 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 smack dab in the middle of the skywalker saga and there hasn't been a goddamn mention of skywalkers but you know it's authentic Star Wars because it's in this era. Yeah. It's in the the Skywalker saga timeline. You can feel the presence of the Skywalkers without a single mention of the Skywalkers. Yeah, and I feel like you need to still have content related to that post-Tross. It doesn't need to be in theaters, but I just hope that they don't completely put a moratorium on like, well, obviously they're not because you're getting the Cassian series and all that stuff too. So, um, yeah, I yeah, mean, we're good. I, I, I am... I'm optimistic. I do think it's going to be great. I mean, all of the review, like the like you said, kind of like the headline reviews that I saw were positive. Like people enjoyed the film. The only thing that really got to me was just like the fuck you to Ryan Johnson. I was just like, I don't know if he would have like. I would like to hear from Ryan. That that's that's a fucking media person with an axe to grind. Yeah, it's it's just weird. It's fucking clickbait or tweet bait, whatever the fuck yeah. you want to call it. So I think I'm gonna come out. Like I think the first time I'm gonna come out, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna be like in kind of like shock. I'll be I'll be shell shocked. Yeah, exactly the same thing. I, mean, I was shell shocked coming out of TLJ TFA. I mean I. 
these these things are religious experiences for me. Like I'm not fucking around. I mean, Thursday, I will be damn near hyperventilating right before the logo splashes on the screen. And then when you get the long time ago, there we go. My heart's going to fucking literally come out of my mouth. Uh, I may shit myself. Uh, I'll definitely piss myself. <laughs> I may vomit. I mean, you, you do you do not know. Like, I, I literally get so worked up, I, I could have a heart attack or a stroke. Uh, so I just hope that I'm alive by the end of this movie. And if I am, then maybe it wasn't that good because then I didn't give myself a fucking stroke. But... I know for a fact, I mean, if I came out of TLJ thing and it was fantastic, there's no way I'm not going to come out of this and, and just be like, ah, oh, I love JJ, I love everything, I love everybody. <laughs> and then it'll be Friday when fans start to see it, and they'll be like, a oh, fucking, that's it, Star Wars officially dead. There'll be pre- people burning their Disney Plus subscriptions and shit and fires and stuff. They'll be burning Mickey Mouse. <laughs> uh, so then I'll all suck again, but uh, at least until... Most of the horrible humans don't see it. I'm I'm just gonna I'm I'm enjoying this this last send off, the last experience of seeing a proper Skywalker Star Wars premiere. So, looking forward to it, dreading it a bit. Not not because of what I think I'm gonna see, but just the way I'm gonna feel. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be easy. <laughs> I know it's it's not gonna be easy. I mean, all these special look featurettes they've been giving us, where they uh, get behind the scene clips and interviews from when the original trilogy was ending and how they juxtapose it with this stuff. Even that stuff's already starting to hit me. So, uh, I'll I'll definitely be a a slobby mess. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> and I did. I, I'm thinking back TFA. I think I only had one. It's the lightsaber moment we've talked about a lot. And TLJ, I, I didn't quite cry. It was on the verge of like, oh my God, I can't believe they're going to do this. But it was like Finn's feigned uh, saving move there at the end. Yeah, so. yeah. That was definitely like a edge of my seat moment in TLJ. Oh, yeah. It's like, Jesus Christ, I can't believe they're going to do this now after they just whacked Snoke. Like, gee, man, Ryan's crazy. Yeah, it's like he's just so. killing all the characters. But Yeah, I'd like to get some of those feels in, in Tross as well. Yeah. But hey. We still have another segment to go, and I can tell you guys right now, you are listening to a record-setting episode of the Star Wars Time Show, because this one will clearly be our longest one yet, but that's what happens when you drop to one episode a week, and you got two Gabby Gabbies (laughs) sitting here talking about Star Wars. So, uh, to round things out, this is a primetime show. I know it's it's during the holidays, but we still do the primetime, so that means we're going to end with the top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week. This is the segment where I've been lining up shots all week long on our Instagram account at Star Wars Time Show for you to look at and appreciate and enjoy and for Nick to critique and then choose the best, the top five. And that's where we're at now. His picks are in. My picks are in. And I have to say that this is a particularly strong week. We do have some new top five entrants uh, here. Artsy fartsy this week. This week, I didn't realize it when I was picking stuff out, but like, these are all very heavy hitters, whether they've been on the top five or not. Like opening up with at Ledkilla, L-E-D-K-A-L-L-A. <laughs> I love that name. I know. It's, it's great. But this dude apparently is just an absolute monster on, on Instagram, 53,000 followers. Um, yeah. But this piece of art that he put out of Baby Yoda and the Mandalorian is just next level, like deserving of 53,000 likes because... I mean, this is the coolest representation 
in our yeah, th- this guy's legit DC. by the way like his clients consist of hasbro mattel dc comics marvel comics lucasfilm x-men prime x-men gold yeah and spider-man <laughs> yeah so he is like a legit comic book artist oh my god like this guy is he's a killer um and this shot that he put out of mando baby yoda makes me it's just like holy shit! Like I would buy this. Yeah, let, let's get the comic book series yeah. right because that's that. I mean, this guy he seems to be a professional comic book illustrator. Uh, looks like he's at least done some covers for Spider Man. I mean, Jesus! I mean, that's the style to me. It, it is that that comic book Jim Lee type of style where it's got an animated look and everything's kind of accentuated a bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Baby Yoda looks like he's a more powerful yeah, a badass than he is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Mando looks like he might have been eating some fucking steroids. <laughs> uh, you got Desert Toads in there. It just—it's fantastic. I mean, it's—it's it's got like this this war warrior type of feel to it. Uh, Mando and Baby Yoda taking over the galaxy. This is it right here. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, this is absolutely fantastic stuff. Uh, the so. colors, the lines, everything's so fucking I know. sharp. It's just, it's just everything pops. Like, there's not a single part of this image that doesn't like draw your eye i mean like whether it be the blaster bolts that are kind of streaking across both of the characters or the mandalorians pose and shooting himself and then you have baby yoda who's like looks like he's using the force to pull up a desert toad towards i mean like you said it took characters from an action series and made them more action oriented than they already were especially like the way that he he created this look for baby yoda was fantastic so um, yeah, we've been uh, recently as as we're uh, you know featuring more art, like traditional art pieces in this segment. Uh, a lot of these Baby Yoda ones we've been earmarking for. If you want a Baby Yoda or Mando tattoo, these artists are, are fucking nailing the look that I'd at least want if I was going to get this shit grafted onto my skin. Oh, so one hundred percent lead lead killing, no different. I mean, damn, Ken Lashley, the real name yes. there, just in case. Uh, Look him up online. I'm sure you could probably find some of his artwork on, you know, Google. Maybe maybe he does sell prints. I mean, uh, leadkillaboom.com seems to be his website. So, um, I mean, fantastic stuff all around. Um, so, next up on the top five is one of the goats, a returning top five member, Meh. obviously. Meh. Uh, this is Mr. Everything Kylo, and when I was there going go. through Jesse, when I was going through, you know, picking the top five last week, this one had already hit the feed, and I was like, okay, this one's definitely making it. And and this is what Jesse does best is like he he's basically like a like a toy wartime photographer, like that is his <laughs> style. You know, if you've ever seen like old wartime photos, yeah. like Jesse is able yeah, to he's fucking Ke- he's he's the fucking ken burns of star wars yeah kind yeah right in ken burns again like there's there's literally a crop named after this guy because of i believe what he did for war was it world war ii footage or yeah, i think so or civil war footage either way jesse is the new ken burns of star wars war photography yeah i mean it's great because everything you see like this this shot here is a is a scout trooper imperial scout trooper well i'm pretty sure we featured this custom before nick in a, in a different yeah shot we have of jesse's yeah. uh, he had him posed either running maybe or just standing there because this is one i was like i'm pretty sure that's a kylo ren rubber cape yes. wrapped around his neck uh, but look at look at a custom here this jesse didn't make the custom this comes from ronin 314 
I mean, look, look at the uh, like the the shark mouth or the Joker mouth painted onto that helmet. I don't know if you can see it through the dirt. Yep, yep. Then you got the Imperial logo there on the side, the grid on there. Uh, scout troopers really do make for good recon slash sniper type of setups. Yeah, and I mean this guy looks like he's in the trench, like. He's yeah. like the way that that Jesse built up the bank here for him to lean on the explosion that's going on right above his head. I mean, and the fact that he's got the smoke coming from the barrel of the gun showing he's just fired off a shot. I mean, like everything that and that dude, that is just pure firework luck. I mean, yeah. I've had this before. I'm sure if Jesse's listening, you cross your fingers hoping for something like this. But that little trail right there, Nick, by the barrel, that that's. 100% crackling ball smoke trail. That, yeah, if that's the case, that is like some incredible luck to have that smoke I'm telling you, it, it just, I mean, I, I know Jesse, he probably sets these up, probably got a high-speed uh, shutter set, remote, and just bang, 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 You know, right when that firework's going off, you just hold the button down. It's going, bah, 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 And you're hoping one of those 30 or 40 shots will get you the the best amount of practical effects and sometimes in this case even kind of make it look like yeah the dude just fired his his uh, sniper rifle there so yeah i mean it's fantastic uh, so uh always a good feeling when you find one of these within a a multi-shot shoot yeah i mean this is why jesse everything kylo is one of the goats on the star wars time show shots like this i mean the guy is an absolute he, he's a genius when it comes to these action-oriented wartime shots. I mean, it's absolutely fantastic work. So Yeah, his middle name is Gritty, by the way. <laughs> I can see why. The dude is the king of grit. But Jesse Gritty Everything Kylo. That's, that's his, his last name. name right there. So at Everything Kylo on Instagram, if you're not already following him and you're a listener of this show, then you have problems. Go to hell. <laughs> There, I'll say it. That's what Nick that wanted was, to that say. Was I'll probably, say it. Yeah, I was leaning that way. Um, so, next up, we have a new top five entrant here. This is Mr. Stormtrooper Davis. Oh, he's not new. Sir Dork threw his ass in there. Oh, when, he did? Uh, you okay. were MIA. This is... And then Sir Dork was MIA because he fucking <laughs> didn't record his stem. Well, there we go. So, this is a returning top five member from my absentee then. But this is actually... Uh, a fantastic shot of some bucket heads Isn't here. Uh, I mean, these motherfuckers look like life-size characters. That's exactly what I was going to say. I, I was going to mention, like, you can't tell whether this is, like, real people in it's costumes. It's insane. I mean, that, that's what initially caught my eye and why I threw it up there just to, you know, put on our IG to be in the running. It's just, I mean, he's got to be using a macro, and that lens has to be, fuck, maybe two inches away from this the setup here i mean whatever he did he made me feel like commander pyre is like a live action character yeah and he's, he's gonna jump out of this fucking picture and shoot us right in the face yeah, i mean it's fantastic and look i even went on i don't think it was this one but there was another pyre shot that you shared i, I think it was last week and i went on my personal ig and commented on it and i don't do that often um, but I love hey now. the Commander Pyre figure. I mean, the gold makes him pop so much, and I'm already a huge fan of just the the, the trooper aesthetic. Like Commander Pyre is is probably one of the coolest figures for me to look at on our feed, and and Mr. Stormtrooper Davis here 
really made this character fucking pop in a way that I that I haven't seen anybody else do before. So um, I still wish Resistance would have given us more on the gold armor. Like why? Yeah, like is it a is it a rank thing? Because he's not even ranked higher than than Phasma. No, yeah, I mean. So I don't know. And the way he cowered the Hux, it's like, I mean, it's like, does this guy even have any power? It's so odd. Like, is it just like, is it that, that, you know, Hux and, and not not Hux, like Phasma and Pyre and the, uh, what was the red guy's name? It was Major. Von Reg. Von Reg, yeah. Like, were they just like three bros that all decided to whip special armor? Or are they like. Uh, It's really just to sell more stormtrooper yeah. toys in the end but yeah it'd be nice to get some actual in-universe stories behind here but i mean if you're listening here alex i believe that's your name yes alex davis lens and how close were you to your subjects for this shot because you know i've been it's some it's will be a year this christmas that i've had my my 100 millimeter which is just probably one of the best lens out there for toy photography and still to get this this level of of scale zoom whatever you want to call it magnification that lens had to be right on top of these fools Uh, so that's impressive in and of itself just that he was able to capture these figures mostly in frame but i I just love the size of these guys i mean these are little six inch motherfuckers that look like real people yeah six inches looks like they're six feet tall so fantastic job at mr stormtrooper davis all one word on instagram so next up is is a returning top five member, and this guy is always I mean, known for his fantastic I mean, concepts. And this is at, Nose at Rain. At this point in time, can someone please buy Nose Rain a beer? Yeah. I mean, the concepting work behind this, and what we're looking at here is a, is a nativity scene all done with <sighs> <laughs> with characters from the Mandalorian. So you have Stormtroopers, oh Cara Dune, the Mando holding little swaddled baby Yoda. You have Dewbacks. You have a dead IG-11 on the ground. Jawas. You got fucking Tusken Raiders. Like, the one, the again, the concepting to the execution, everything about this shot is just fucking perfect from nose rain. I don't know how he does it. But this dude is a genius when it comes. Dude, this to this one I've seen everywhere. I mean, this one. Hopefully, it wasn't stolen too many times, and he's gotten credit. But I, I mean, I've seen it popping up on people's website sites. Zero credit for Richie. Uh, I mean, this is something that I feel uh, kind of like the one we talked. I, I don't know. No, you weren't here for this, were you? Were you here for the one where he essentially made a picture of the Mandalorian cast? as if they were at a con in universe. I saw and that. little Jawa kids were like dressed up like them I, and getting signatures I, and I shit. I saw it, but I don't think it, I featured it. No, no, I think that's another uh, Sir Dork one. But but again, I mean, that's like back to back where at this point in time Disney needs to pay this man for the fact that their stuff motivates him to be this creative. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the, that does that make sense? I, I'm essentially saying Disney should pay Nose Rain for the sole reason that they motivate him with their content to put out this type of content. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. This shit to me is like next level creativity, marketing guru, Jesus type of stuff. Yeah, I mean, this guy is an absolute 
wonderful mind of toy photography and and you see shit like this come out and it just blows your mind i mean it's the mind coupled with the ability too because the execution is spot on the posing is really what sells a lot of this and then just the the real slight atmosphere here to kind of round it out I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, the, the the posing in here really is what makes it all, but it, it's also the staging and the idea. So, I mean, Nose Rain, hands down, one of my favorite accounts. Seeing the guy explode, and, and there's, I mean, it shouldn't fool anyone, or you shouldn't, anyone should, shouldn't be sitting here going, huh, I wonder why this guy has over 40,000 followers on Instagram. I'm, I'm sitting here wondering why this guy isn't getting paid as a career to do this type of shit for people. Yeah, yeah. Like something. 100%. So give this guy something, please. He's he's in he's now in the in the venomous and the Daz Tibbles category where it's like, Christ. Will someone pay these guys for their art? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's got a Richie's got a big cartel page up there where you can buy prints. So if there's anything on on his feed that you like, 15 bucks little man put that shit in my hand because that's how much he's selling his prints for is 15 bucks so yeah do it go visit. do it i mean th- this one is just hands down one of my favorite shots he's put out and one of my favorite toy shots of all time from anybody so uh love the guy give him a follow he's a good good human too i mean a huge account but he will interact interact with us low life yeah. toy photographers even with the lowest of the low <laughs> yes. but he, he's not just like, dude, you suck. You have almost 4,000 followers, and your reach is about 1%. No, he won't go that low. He won't go that low. No. But, but all right. Good man, Richie, at Nose Rain, on Instagram, and he loves Kobe Bryant. <laughs> he does? I didn't know that. That Hey, trust me. I, I drop little nuggets here about everybody. There we go. At least those I've known for a while. So. All right. Give him some Kobe Bryant I actually Bryant think here. Nose Rain... Is like a reference. Is, to, uh, yeah, to Kobe because it's like something with Japanese and this, that, and the other thing. Okay, interesting, interesting. Or I'm just fucking making it all up. Matt doesn't shooting, yeah, Matt, shooting the shit with Nick. Matt, so who Matt knows? Just, he's just kind of trying to confuse me. He's like, watch this. I'm gonna make this idiot think that this guy. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, last up on the docket, and this this shot here. This is another traditional kind of illustration art piece. Um, this is from MJ Hiblin Art. At you think this do you think this dude has a following? Yeah, two hundred and four thousand followers on Instagram. Again, like I picked out these things and I don't look at the accounts before I feature them, and then I just open the accounts to link it in the post. But this guy is apparently a massive massive Jesus dude like I mean, following artists. And, and it's like he's either being super humble. Or he literally is just an artist that makes art and has gone viral because he doesn't list any type of clients, just kind of like we were talking about with Lead Killer. Yeah. I mean, Lead Killer's like, yeah, I owe you. By the way, I work with fucking Lucasfilm. Suck my dick. Yeah. Like, I mean, this guy is just like, oh, I have 204,000 followers. I'm only following 71. And every fucking piece of art on my page is a work of art. Yeah, exactly. Like, so what we have here for from MJ Hiblin is. It's a representation of Baby Yoda as the Joker. So it's Baby Yoda. And this is, again, this is a physical illustration. This is not a toy photography shot. Um, So it's Baby Yoda. He's got the Joker face paint on with the the entire kind of getup that he was wearing, the entire outfit that he was wearing in the movie. And 
Like it's yeah. a really just it like you see that and it just pops. Like it's such a standout piece of art that that mixes these two cultural phenomena. Like he, he's done other ones. Time. He he did the one with uh oh, fuck what was his name? John Wick. What's Joker's name? Oh, um Arthur. Oh, that's Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, well, it's Arthur. Arthur, Arthur I can't remember. His well, he did another Yoda in Arthur's original Fleck. <laughs> clown. Fleck. Clown outfit from the beginning. He's done, he's done Yoda as Link. He's done Yoda as dude from Pulp Fiction now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's... Baby Yoda just, has I mean, been dude, an this inspiration is, for him, <laughs> for sure. He is a type of artist where I could just scroll through his gallery all day long and be entertained yeah. for free and just and just appreciate what another human can do with their mind and hands. Yeah, I mean, this guy it's it's insane. It's insane this guy. I mean, th- these are the people where it's like, okay, is there f- are there force powers in the real world? Here you go. Yeah, exactly. Like his force power is to is to take colored pencils or whatever he uses, you know, you know, whether it be digital painting or not and and turn just a mash of colors into like eye popping jaw dropping art like it's fantastic what this dude can do yeah it's awesome it's awesome i mean just i'm sitting here i mean it's how many more adjectives can i throw out here yeah i mean it's mesmerizing it's magnificent i mean it's absolutely adorable the dude's a a killer so at his skills are astonishing (laughs) at mj M J Hiblin H I B L E N art all one word on Instagram. Um, only got sixty one likes on this on this uh, image on our feed. Yeah, we're not a. Uh, you can tell our following is definitely the the toy crowd. They're they're a bunch of heathens that can't appreciate finer art, but fine that's fine art. because I, yes. I, I'll I'll keep sharing it because that shit is fantastic. And I, I know that was your last picnic. Yes, that was. And we're you like that picnic. <laughs> Uh, I just I have to share this with you because you know once the movie airs it won't be as impressive. But these shots that at work more or less has put out over the past day. I saw you talking to him a little bit on IG. Yeah, I'm linking you right now. There's there's the first one. So what work more or less has done here? He has taken Star Wars action figures. And pose them as if they were going to the premiere of Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I saw a couple of these. And <laughs> my God, are these just not the greatest little creations ever? I mean, it, Work More or Less is another one like Nose Rain where his creativity is out of this world. But then his posing can actually bring his creative thoughts to life. Uh, I mean, dude, just look at that. The second one where he's got the cast... And he's got like figureheads on different bodies. <laughs> yeah. Luke's wearing a suit. Ray's in Holdo's gown. <laughs> I mean, Kylo's in a suit. Billy D's kind of in a pimp coat. Yeah, it's it's just fucking phenomenal. It's the it's the fact that he thought about the idea to do it. Yep. Then getting all the props to do it. Then mixing up and figure bashing all these characters. But most importantly, the poses he gives them all. Yeah, like the poses are. S- bring these characters to life. I mean, it makes you believe that you're looking at a real version of, you know, the, the fucking, yeah. the, the premiere the cast is like, yeah, well, well, I mean, it's literally the cast as if they were their characters watching the movie in their universe. Yeah. 
Uh, Jason's actually, I mean, Nick, you can go on our account. He's actually sent some other shots that he hasn't released yet because we're cool like that. Behind the uh, I do, uh, I do urge Nick to check those out because it, again, you can just, you look at the little poses and each shot, Jason has created a scene through the pose. You can feel what the characters are saying, doing, expressing just through the pose. So I just wanted to throw that. I had to get that shout out there for at work more or less. Don't usually do impromptu uh, honorable mentions, but because the movie is coming out and the next time Nick and I record, the movie will be out. So I just wanted to get this out in a timely fashion Yes, at work, more or less fantastic stuff. And like I said, he'll be dropping some additional shots of this series. All right, man. So that wraps the top five and that wraps this extra long version of the primetime version of how many times can I say version show? And so it's that time to get your asses over to StarWarsTime.net. Click around a little bit while you're there. Stay, have some fun, drink a beer, smoke a joint, do what you got to do. But that's where we're at. That's home base, StarWarsTime.net. That's where you can get all the links you need to every podcasting platform we're on. So if you're not subbed up yet, first off, what the fuck's wrong with you? Second off, go to StarWarsTime.net and get subbed up. We're everywhere. iTunes, Google, Android, tune in. Spotify, you can find a platform that jives with your tech. And of course, while you're there, you can also get hooked up to our YouTube channel because we try to put out content on a weekly basis there too. YouTube.com slash Star Wars Time Show or just get it from the mothership. All right, my friends, because there's always time for Star Wars Time. So why not listen in? Be a fan, be a friend, and remember... If you listen to the Star Wars Time Show, the Force will be with you always.